This podcast is brought to you by Doghouse Systems, elite gaming PCs engineered by gamers and for gamers. Use code TGIF to get a free weekend confirmed t-shirt and a $30 credit for slashloot.com. Go to www.doghousesystems.com to see what system is right for you. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. We can confirm. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. Welcome, everybody, to a mid-December's weekend confirmed. Snow has fallen. Uh, holiday times are here. Cheer and twinkle in Aww. your eyes. Yes. And Jeff Kanata is here. Sweet silver bells. All those silver bells. I'm ready to rock, guys. Back. Back from New York City, where it was... You're about to do some Trans-Siberian there? Not as, yeah, not as cold as here, actually. Really? It's warm when I got there. We're back on the warm tip now. Anyway, my name is Garnet Lee. That is Jeff Kanata here. The duo is back. So happy. To lead things. Together. Yeah. You're not exactly Spicer, but you'll work. I know. He always uh, <laughs> he always gets everyone's love when I'm on. Everybody's well, so happy. No, he didn't yeah. used to, but now he does. He's it's the, kind of a funny he's thing. He's turned it around, it is, He has. You know, it's amazing it, how it, if his you His heart grew 10 sizes or however that goes. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, funny how if you park stanky dick and move on. Uh, yeah, we've, we've come a long way. We've come a long <laughs> yes. way, Christian. Uh, and, of course, Indie Jeff there at the end of the table. How's it going, everybody? Great to be here. Uh, happy early holidays. Yeah. So, or late holidays. You did a little delicious dish there. True, yeah. Late Thanksgiving. <laughs> Early Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, and yeah. rolling the uh, team colors there in the Shack News T-shirt is Ozzy holding down the uh, third, fourth, whatever chair it is that he's in. And a merry twelve days of uh, bullshit. If you got that from uh, Cards Against Humanity, they're still sending out those uh, twelve days of uh, celebratory. Are you, are you a receiver of the twelve days of bullshit? I am. I actually got their, uh, I believe it's their third or their fourth one yesterday. It's like a some game called Clusterfuck, and I haven't read through the whole rules yet. But Good start. I, but like I read through like the. They don't make any sense. They're just like it's. You're like I don't know what's going on here. The, the first couple of sentences say something like it's for four to eight players, and I think you start out by pulling eight cards and the chlamydia card, which you wow. can already tell where they, where this is going. So. I hate to have to pull the chlamydia card. <laughs> uh, I loved the fact that those guys on Black Friday raised the price of their game. Did you see that? Just <laughs> yeah. for Black Friday. Yeah. Class, pretty, nice. pretty funny. They're, they're yeah. definitely funny. Hey, uh, Spike played a clusterfuck game on us all with the VGXs. We can't really avoid talking mm-hmm. about them. Of so, the week! <laughs> yeah, really. There of you the, go. Okay. More than the week, probably. <laughs> that is the abomination of the week. You have successfully played today's in-game game, in-show game. How about the VGXs? Okay. We want. We should start off just with the whole hosting fiasco. I mean, it, it's it really doesn't bear a whole lot of discussion. If you hire Mikhail, you kind of shouldn't know what you're getting. Yeah, I mean, I think... I'm. It's hard to criticize Keeley too much because it, 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 he's probably has very little control over a lot of this. Dude, it's, I felt like I was watching a celebrity show. roast at times. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a television show, and it's there's so many pressures. I'm sure from so many places, and oh, yeah. you know, people saying we need to have this level caliber celebrity who's got. You know, uh, this amount of what is yeah, it? Does it v, v score? What does that? Doesn't call? really matter if they give half a shit about video games. Just yeah. get them in there, and and his whole his whole deal is to be sardonic and yeah, droll and it was it yeah. was it was I don't know. Like I get sardonic and droll, and I like his stuff normally. It just it was. It oh, was, I agree it, with you, it, man. It was just it was it was too that. much. It was just too much. I mean, the thing that I tweeted. Is that if I had any control whatsoever over a video game award show, I would have one mandate, and that would be be classy, not cool. 
Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's it's about being classy and and none of that show really seemed to care about that. No. And that's too bad. Yeah, for for all the discussion bad. of a new sort of uh a new sort of approach to it, doing it, the it, show that would be on Spike that was the VGAs and now the VGXs. Yeah, there was a lot of difference in the way the content was put together, but there wasn't a lot of difference in the show. No. Yeah. And that's the disappointing thing, yeah. right? It was new, and, but it was more like new Coke. Not, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, well, the sad thing wah, is, wah, wah. It, it is still a step up above the VGAs because the VGAs had stuff that just outright embarrassed people, whether it was just the Jersey Shore people presenting an award or whatever the sure. fuck they were doing with that Fruit Ninja skit a couple years ago. Like, oh, that was, th- let's not even remember that. Let's yeah. just yeah. leave that buried in the memory traces yeah. of the past. So, so at least they're moving forward. It's just, you know, kind of not there uh, yet. It's a work, still a work. I, you know progress. what? I can't give them the at least they're moving forward. I, you know, I just. It was like a lateral step into. Here's the thing: is Mikhail's shtick is fine when it's the soup because the soup exists for as a vehicle for him to lampoon things, and it's right. it's it's a clip show. Well, this is this is not a clip Unfortunately, it kind of is. It really is. I mean, I think that that I think from Spike TV's perspective, they couldn't give less of a shit about the awards. It's it's really this uh, showcase engine for these right. trailers. It's a showcase this, for these yeah. trailers, and the trailers, to be honest, were really pretty great yeah uh, they were I and there was a lot, about a lot of them about. yeah and uh so there i mean there was from that perspective it was pretty cool that there's this event where you gather around and everybody watches kind of these announcements of these you know this is sort of six months or whatever it is away from e3 we get this other thing where we get to see these cool announcements and right. that's kind of cool but if it's going to be couched in an award show mm-hmm. let's make an award show that actually kind of celebrates the, the medium and I wonder how many years away we are from people realizing that, oh, the people who play video games aren't just kids and it is an adult's medium created by people who are adults and are good at their jobs and have a lot of interesting well, things to put out into the world. And I think it won't be on Spike because Spike yeah. isn't targeted to that demo. I, I mean, and, 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 and you know, you sort of have to think further out. It's like, look, Spike is the channel that it is because it broadcasts to that demographic and that's who they want to talk to and we're coming at it because we're are, are you a spike tv viewer no uh, are, are you any of you guys a spike tv viewer can't say that i am not a and so they're one. making a show that they feel tailors to their demographic it fits into the audience that they want to reach and guess what folks that audience isn't us that, that demographic is a bunch of assholes <laughs> but <laughs> fuck those guys <laughs> no, but he, here's my here's my counterpoint to that okay which is if if you broke down the people who watch the Academy Awards or the Emmys or the Golden Globes, I bet you would find there's a shit ton of young people who are excited about those things. Sure. And those, but those shows... Are, those aren't on Spike. Those shows not, that shows aren't on Spike. No, it's not I a Spike-presented presentation. I understand that. But making a clashy show that that uh, where everybody involved understands that we're here to put, on, put our best face forward uh, doesn't turn away young viewers it doesn't off put people it ma- it makes it an aspirational experience so it's like oh my god i want to be as awesome as those people because they're so classy and they're so refined and they they do things with their lives that i wish that i could do and this award means something because they're wearing a tuxedo and they're they're you know speech they thought about their speech and the thing you know what does a 13 year old kid who who loves video games and now has suddenly started thinking about what they want to do when they grow up. Because around 13 or so, you start thinking about those things, right? And decides, you know, I want to be a game designer. What do they come away from watching an experience like that with? I don't want to be a game designer anymore. I would hope <laughs> I, mean, I don't know about that. No, I, I, I was being facetious. Yeah. But I, I, think, I think that 
people that want to get into the industry are typically not, you know, I mean, the, 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 I think the reason that that presentation comes off the way that it does is because it's largely a marketing tool. It's not, it's not like, uh, you know, you're talking about film award shows. It's not like the SAG awards and it's not really like the golden globes. Even. Well, there were awards. There were, there, awards. there were awards, but Grand I mean, Theft Auto five, your game of the year. I, well, I also think yeah. that they did a really smart thing by allowing the recipients to create a video that they had complete control over. Yeah. yeah and I, I think some that. of them, some of them came off really well and really were quite beautiful and, and, and quirky and interesting. And, uh, I wish that they had said, you're allowed to do whatever you want. But this is an award show. Let's be let's be as classy as we can be, and let, let's you know. I think that I wish they'd given some kind of guidelines. A little bit more, yeah. But I I think that anybody watching that and going, I want to be a video game designer, seeing the actual video game designers in that context was could potentially be a very oh, positive I agree. thing. I, 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 agree I, I was going to say, I hope that the first thing that they think of is the Naughty Dog acceptance speech for Studio of the Year, with where it's a studio that's of people that's clearly proud of the work that they've done, and they put so much work into it. There's so much passion thrown in. And then the and then they think of the ending with you know Joel just doing the whole Antonio Banderas thing, and they think this is the kind of thing that people can do. And mm-hmm. I just hope that, that that's a positive image for people to come away with. Why did they yeah. do that show live? Uh, yeah, right. To, I mean, to, to create the facade of it being an award show. Yeah, but it was like they had a couple of like applause things, and you could tell that there was like <laughs> oh, five God. people. When, in when they presented studio. when they presented the indie game of the year to Gone Home, and Joel McHale was just like, "Hey, give it up!" and it's just well, silence, crickets. Well, yeah, who, yeah. Who does an award show with no audience? Well, and if you're gonna do an award show with no audience, don't do it like a live freaking show like right. like have it really Produce tight it. really yeah. tight don't have these three minutes of like you know the hosts trying to rip each other new a-hole like just you know yeah. let, let the content it. flip string 20 trailers together and call that a show i mean you know if you're not going to take the effort to go through and make it a all right so we all you know, we all we all are agreement yeah. on the on where the vjx were how about the how about the awards game of the year to grand theft auto 5 not a not a really a surprise, a surprise. Yeah. i'm sure i don't think it'd be a surprise to see it on many lists exactly yeah yeah uh, i mean that won't be on mine but Personally, and it's a very uh, impressive game for for sure. Studio of the year to Naughty Dog, hard to argue with that now, choice as well. What the fuck is Studio of the year? It's the Studio of the year, bro. Now that that's one of the things <laughs> I don't it's, understand. It's your differentiation the between stu- best movie and best director, like that type of thing. Is it? No, that's well, how it, I see it. It's more like what does it mean? It's it's sort of yeah. like the the also ran for game of the year. I Double think. rainbow, all the way. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to have it be the director to the movie an analogy, but it doesn't. It didn't really feel that way. And I feel like if if you're going to be a studio that only put out one game, I mean, I guess most studios only put out one game. But it feels like it feels weird to say this is the best studio, but these but other guys mean? made the best game. Right? Maybe maybe they just have like a lot of like free lunches and cool things in the break room and. <laughs> this is the best studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Is great. Have you seen the snacks? The lighting yeah. in that <laughs> exactly, place right. is so conducive to positive vibes. I know. Man. Truth. Uh, best shooter, Bioshock Infinite. Okay, now we know exactly what Bioshock Infinite is. VGX has at least got that pretty clear. It's a shooter. It's folks. a shooter. It's a shooter. I'm glad we got that settled. Uh, best action adventure to Black Flag, Assassin's Creed 4. Nothing, none of these jumping out at you. Best sports game, NBA 2K14. Well, I, th- I thought Black, but just to go back, back to Black Flag really quick, I thought that was going to get the Far Cry 3. Well, it kind of did get the Far Cry 3 treatment in that it came out so late in the year. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people passed it over. I mean, I, I would definitely think that that would be in the running for game of the year. Um, it wouldn't be my personal game of the year, but. I, I certainly was very pleased to see Nino Cooney take the uh, best yeah. RPG. That yeah. was that yeah. was a that's a 
pretty awesome award to take. VGX Awards. I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were more than tickled about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Injustice taking best fighting game. There's, there was some it, competition this year, but there I mean, wasn't a lot of competition aside from Killer Instinct. And yeah. I think it's too early to jury still out on Killer Instinct right now. Wasn't too early for uh, Forza Motorsport Five to take best driving game. Uh, was, was GT6 too late? Or? I suppose based off of launch time, I don't know what the cutoff was for the... Or, uh, or how, are, how are they measuring that compared to like Need for Speed Rivals? Uh, well, that's a great question why Need for Speed Rivals didn't go. Of course, the VGXs are, they have like a panel of folks in the industry that they survey to come to these decisions, both for nominations and votes. And they do uh, uh, both uh, journalist and developer contacts. They have people mm-hmm. at studios and people at, you know in the media. Uh, I'm not one of them, so whatever. I'm just saying that I, I'm not saying that because I know or had anything to do with this. I'm just saying I've read the whole thing about how they do it. Garnett secretly orchestrated the entire. <laughs> That's right. I am, I am the mastermind behind this. Yeah. And then the one that uh, drew a lot of ire was Gone Home taking best indie game. No ire for me. I, I, I'm I happy with it. Uh, I think that's a really cool. Seems like there's a lot of people that choice. just misunderstood I mean, around Gone Home or, or around its experience of being or around it being an experience based game. Definitely one of the most sort of important games I think of the generation and for that reason alone it's it's or of the year rather I, for that reason alone i think it, it warrants that award in terms of which indie game i had the most fun with um that might be a different game but. yeah I, I would agree with that but i also think that it, it i'm reinforcing what you're saying basically which is i think it's the one that people are talking about the most and it's sort of is subversive in a whole number of ways yep. which i think underscores the indie part of the award. well yeah the subject matter I, I, I would love to see games do thematically and subject matter wise things like that more often but also i think gameplay wise it was kind of subversive in the sense oh yeah like what it was and what it wasn't right right true also interesting i mean a bunch of other awards i don't know we need to go through all of them not surprised to see last of us take the best playstation game i was really impressed also to see brothers a tale of two sons take the best xbox game very cool yeah that yeah that and nino cooney were the two standout okay some real, you know, awesome recognition for artistic games that may have flown a little bit under the radar for them. Yeah, folks. anybody yeah. that has not played Brothers needs to do it. Yes. Someone That's was raising great. an eyebrow about uh, a game that you can also get on PC getting Best Xbox Award. Did Microsoft not have a lot of cl- exclusives this year aside from the Xbox One launch titles? or Crickets. Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, then that was the that was you know the whole lead up to the discussion about Xbox versus Xbox One is the Xbox really has become the multi-platform king but yeah. not the not the exclusives king you know yeah. they've ever since look you know microsoft studios clearing house what was it now five or six years ago and they just never have reloaded that gun to any great degree that gun is now sitting prom- promptly in uh 343 studios yeah that's where, yeah. That, well, that's where and, that gun lives and, yeah. and another fable is yeah. coming out next year was that oh, i don't no. think anyone particularly it, gets that's not you know, fable anniversary is it or is yeah. it yeah then it no, one, no one's yeah. getting particularly tweaked about that and then i don't think you know, outside gotten, deals i don't think anyone's gotten tweaked about fable for a while like not since fable 3 was just you know as bad as it was so before this thing started i would have thought that the titanfall video we saw would have been the most exciting video out of the whole thing but i think the other one not we're so talking much. about will be will i think be the they one. thought but, that but, titanfall but, was going to be the biggest and it was badass i mean seeing the two new seeing the two new titans was awesome the ogre being able to rip the shit out of them is pretty crazy and awesome and and look tip of the hat to to the, the titanfall team because they have orchestrated the build-up to this game as yeah. well as anyone will ever do for any game i agree I mean the the level of anticipation and excitement just amongst general gamers in amongst gamers in general is is sky high. I mean it is especially for a new IP. 
Yeah. For a new IP to be the talk of the gaming world as much as Titanfall has been is really, really a hell of an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And Although, I'll say this, it speaks, and, and the videos and what the game pro- promises speaks a lot to that. I mean, it's really, it's, it's, it is content first, but the rest of how they've done it is really good too. Do you think that the uh, Titans themselves are different enough from each other to warrant introducing a new one as being a big deal? Uh, from what we saw in that video, for sure. I mean, you've got one that's like super light, able to get around the battlefield right. very quickly. I mean, actually, mm-hmm. I think part of what they're doing there is sort of trying to get across the point that the Titans can have a class system. Right. And that, you know, you can get that same fidelity as you do with a loadout for your soldier with the different Titans. And there'll yeah. be a lot of fidelity to how you play them. I mean, that ogre, he's going to be dominant on the on the battlefield, but there's also going to be that weakness, mm-hmm. right? There's all, I mean, there's... Plows and everything gets balanced out. So whatever that weakness is, how are you going to exploit it? Just adds a really nice layer to the whole multiplayer thing. Getting your getting the right squad together, doing all that. Stuff. I mean, having the right titans is going to be awesome. Yep. But upstaged by Hello Games, upstaged Dude. by the makers of Joe Danger. Ne- that- never expected it. Never saw it coming. Well, I think that's probably why it was upstaged so bi- so With much. With No Man's Sky, it just seemed it was so out of out of left. Which, field. by the way, I don't no where, I don't remember where I read this comment. It was either on Twitter or NeoGaf or someone, but but. It was a good good comment about wow how much how many people at Bungie had to be like oh damn that's a really good fucking name mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yep. No Man's Sky hmm. hmm I wonder what uh I'd love to hear what Chris Roberts thinks of it wow. right <laughs> right as yeah. as uh, Valken S on Shack News said this is what I expected Star Citizen to be at thirty plus million dollars. Right. By the way, thirty plus million dollars is the amount of money that's been raised for Star Citizen, which is a crazy amount of money. Now, graphical fidelity—we're in a whole different, yeah. you know, ballpark. But, but that that no, so Man, no man's sky so good trailer. If you haven't seen it, uh, for a procedurally generated game where you are in a spaceship, uh, the thing that I think got people most excited about it was that you started out on what appeared to be the shores of a of an ocean or, underneath the ocean yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right underneath yeah, the ocean yeah, yeah. and then you come up to the then you come up to the beach then you go to your starfighter then your starfighter takes off and goes flying around at surface level and then turns up goes straight out through the atmosphere out into space where there are giant capital ships and some sort of massive capital ship battle going on the promise of being able to go from you know detailed at the planet all the way out into space and everything in between I mean, that's immediately so, captured. I saw an internet comment where they were talking about the uh, 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 Call of Duty's call out to you know, oh, the fish AI and all the stuff that you know that when they were talking about that, and yeah. now you've got like procedurally generated like underwater ecosystems yeah. and stuff. It's like it's really impressive. I just love the fact that they keep emphasizing the fact that this is a game about exploration. Awesome, and I am so excited about that as, as somebody who tends to dig that. In if games. it can tickle the elite itch and yeah. really get that. I'm a spacefaring, you know, explorer and maybe some trading and just really and they have say like that, that privateer. Yeah. They're saying that everybody style. starts on their own little nook in the galaxy, their own little planet, and that you can choose or not choose to share the mapping that you've done of your sector with other players. Oh, multiple. rad. I didn't see that. No. Yeah. Yes. That's you, you, you kind of see the tease a little bit at the start of that trailer where you're like going through the ocean and it a little pop up that says, this territory was explored by, and it gives like the gamer handle, and it, it kind of teases that you'll be able to like just go through a huge, vast world that's already been charted by somebody else, but it's going to be completely new to you, which is really pretty awesome. F me, that is really awesome. That and Broken Age were my two. Yeah, like, Witcher mm. Three, dude. <laughs> oh, and Witcher Three, yes, yeah. of course. Fucking Witcher yeah. Three dude, trailer. So good. I guess it looks all right. Oh come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it does. That that is. 
I I still have a boner. That almost goes without saying, though. I mean, I I see. But it looks so much dude, better than what erections they lasting more than four hours. I should, <laughs> I should, I should call a doctor. I should. Uh, but yeah. um, the 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 just when it said that I can't even speak, guys. Yeah. The part where it's like a vast open world, and he comes walking into the city, and it's just like teeming with life and bustle and and stuff going on in buildings and you can see in the distance there's something and it's, this oh it's open world witcher come yeah, on it's going to be awesome it looks so good no cyber no a, cyberpunk teases though no i think that's farther off probably is and they probably want to concentrate either on way it. just give me those games i have to say that i cannot at all dispute the fact that making the time to play witcher 2 this year was one of the best decisions i made yeah mm mm-hmm. How could you Maybe, not be so excited about? Oh, Witcher I'm 3? I'm thrilled. I was just tweaking your well, uh, well, and and so and, good. and how, tweaking you a little bit. I had the, to the, the fact that it was years or how many years after it came out was that, and it was still Witcher like two, one of the, two, basically two years. Yeah, yeah, and and it's still like one of the best games of now. This, granted, it, you know, it's it's CD Projekt Red who are old school PC yes. devs who have stuck with it and patched it and yep. done a ton of things to oh, keep yeah. it. Up. I mean, actively, actively, yeah. really kept developing on it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So you know, tip of the hat. Yes, Witcher three looked fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that was that was the trailer. Here's that the I thing, though. I have on. to say, though, of all the trailers, Witcher Three was the well, Witcher Three and Titanfall really both of both those two fall into the oh, they're still awesome. Well, yeah, I guess, but I I thought what but they just showed keep with Witcher getting 3, more awesome. They haven't yeah. shown like cities, and they haven't shown nope. the this sort of level of detail. I mean they they've shown a lot of outdoor sort of the hunt side of Witcher Three, and this is the first time you saw a glimpse of all the other things that you're going to be able to do, which yeah. so also in the next gen console arena, how about that first uh, look at in-game action in quantum break? I'm excited about that game. I really am. I mean, I'm, I'm such a fan of remedy and, yeah. and everything they've done. I'm a, I've been a big fan. That's, of. that's the thing is the remedy label for me is, is like, that's what gets me the most excited about the project. I think it looks cool. But I think I still think Alan Wake is really underappreciated. Uh, not by me. You know I love it. Yeah. American Nightmare. I played all of it. It's so good. I, I adore it. And those guys, I feel like this is a really interesting property. The The nervous part is like, and it's also a live action television series. Right, it's like, right. we really, let's focus on FMV. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it looks, it looks great. Well, I love the story that Sam Lake told. Sam Lake is the creative director at Remedy. I love the story that he told. I love them, you know, connecting the dot between, and it's just a single dot, it's not dots. <laughs> connecting the single dot between, you know, the action game that they want to make this to be that, you know, draws from Max Payne, mm-hmm. and then the cinematic storytelling experience that draws from Alan Wake, and them saying, hey, you know, this Best is Best of both that, worlds. Right. That's kind of where they had me, because I'm just like, a cinematic Max Payne sounds really cool. That is awesome. See, I, I think an action-packed Alan Wake sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and either of them are good. And you know Chocolate what, actually, in my peanut butter and the peanut butter <laughs> in my chocolate. You're talking about Alan Wake. I think that the I think the combat in Alan Wake is really underrated. I agree. Combat in Alan Wake is really fun. It's super once you, fun. Once you get accustomed to the dodge mechanic and, and master the, it. Doing the, using your flashlight to soften them and then shooting them. Oh, it's I, really I, fun. I, like I, I completely agree with you guys. I would offer one sort of counterpoint, and that is that I, maybe it's because I played through it too fast, but I felt like, oh, my God, here I am running through the forest again. Oh, here's another level where well, I'm running through the forest again. Hmm. Oh, oh, I'm being chased by shadow dudes in the forest. and That, that sort of was the game. I yes, mean, that sort of was the game, yes. and, and it, it is it is a bit of well, that was the game. Like right. he, it, he is the novelist in the woods in the yes. Pacific Northwest. Love the so, spe- yeah, you keep getting drawn into that. Love the episodic stuff. Love the presentation. 
Um, and look, you got to go to the mill I'm, and some I'm, other like yeah, Pacific but, Northwesty sort of places. No, but, I, but I, I do see what you're getting at. And I am a because... fan of the game, but it was it was like I just by the time it was over, I was like, okay, cool, I've killed enough shadow dudes in the woods. Like I'm well, and I think one thing I mean with going back in history when we talked about that, we all I think sort of wished that there were more of the coffee shop style scenes. Yes, yeah, and yes. it's just that that you know what it was, it became an action game, right? Yeah. And and is what it is. True. Uh, I think that what concerns me is that the in game part of what we saw there was shot from behind of a third-person dude hiding behind boxes and crates and shooting things. And, right. It and, does look like any other cover-based shooter. Yeah. And so yeah, the promise of what Sam was talking about and the the cinematic parts where they're talking about time being fractured and these, these three people who are there when we have this horrible time experiment gone wrong and one of them becomes a bad guy and starts a giant corporation. The other two are trying. I'm cool with all that. I mean, it's schlocky yeah. sci-fi, but I'm cool with the schlocky it sci-fi. Works, yeah. But dude running on a dock and then dunking behind a crate and shooting is not inspirational to me. So, you know. I think that's one of the reasons that I mean I think that if nothing else, what they really were doing with that is saying that okay, we 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 started building a game. We right. <laughs> this is a little vertical slice. We probably had to really really work just to get these images to work. But look, we have started. There are assets. There is a game. <laughs> well, there's an, it's enough to me. I'm excited about it. I'm yeah. just I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I can I can see why you're why you might be getting that way because if it is in the set of a live action series, you're going to be backtracking a lot and you're going to see a lot of those same environments quite a bit. So on the subject of uh, seeing a lot of the same things, are we worried yet about Telltale becoming a factory? Yeah, so two, a little bit. Two new episodic games announced from them. The first one, Game of Thrones, which had already been rumored. And, you know, I, I you, look, that's like a dam bursting. There's yeah. no way you're going to hold back. There's no way you're going to say, oh, I'm not excited about that. I mean, oh, my God, it's based off the series. It's not mm-hmm. based off the book. So you can expect a lot of tie into like what's happened in the HBO series. If you're upset with where the HBO series went, you're not going to be happy about this. And if you right. aren't and you love the series on HBO, then you'll probably be very happy. That is kind of weird, though, that they I mean, I'm sure they did it for likenesses purposes and stuff. But but they did you know, it to they, sell. Yeah. I mean, they, they made, did it to sell. They did it because the HBO. That's what thing people is, love. Yeah. <laughs> is the. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, me. I would say in terms of those two announcements. Oh, the other one was the. And the other one is yeah. Tales from the Borderlands. Yes. Yep. Borderlands, the Gearbox game. Known, known, of course, for its detailed narrative presentation. Which one? Yeah. Of, yeah which one of these games makes the least sense? <laughs> I mean that, that's kind a, of the, a, a like, narrative like, based game on a based on a game that's all about shooting and guns. Well, and the writing is now suddenly a narrative game. And yeah, the, but and the, the writing is fun, but it's not well, like it's, it's hilarious. It's and not fun, choice. But it's, it's not choice based. You know, it's not really well. The choice that you'll constantly have in the Telltale game is which gun are you going to choose, <laughs> or am yeah. I dancing? <laughs> yeah, or am dancing, I dancing? It's fun when it's Tiny Tina, but then some of the other. But tiny. But keep in mind, to my mind. Tiny Tina actually carries pretty much most of the narrative weight from Borderlands yeah. 2. Handsome Jack is not really the greatest character in the world. He's all right. I mean, he's I, that's an enemy. I like watching those characters. I don't know that. I don't know what kind of choices I'm going to be making for, from a narrative perspective with those. Well, you know, the, if you want to look at the, the, the glass half full version of this, it yes. is that they have a blank canvas. Well, that's it true. is a post-apocalyptic game with a art style that already fits into the telltale art style right yes and you basically can write any story in the borderlands universe you want they've right. already introduced a couple of new characters a couple of new vault hunters you've never seen before so they well they're not even work, they're not vault hunters or will want to be because marcus hunters. even says you don't want to go there you're not even vault hunters <laughs> yeah 
I don't know, man. I, 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 I think w- it could be cool. I think it could be cool. I am. Uh, it could be cool. It concerns I mean, me that it could be the jump the shark. It, moment. it could yeah. also be Jurassic Park. Super, if, if super excited had, about the Game of Thrones one, though. By the way, if you had a, if you said Jeff, write up a list of the, your top fifty properties that you wish Telltale would start working on. Yeah. this probably wouldn't have occurred to me to put on that list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, I kind of, I kind of dig the how unexpected it is and and it might might end up being really neat and, and it, it might end it, up making borderlands I, the game more interesting it could it could i, I, I mean, will i will say having having watched that award show and having that open the show with tales from the borderlands i got really excited i was like oh my god i can't believe this is a thing and never expected it and it wasn't until like a couple hours after the show was over where i started thinking about i'm like wait wait what like no that doesn't really make any sense yeah it's not that- and of course lest there be any doubt that need they even get around to announcing it at E3 that there will obviously be a Borderlands 3. Right. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't invest in a franchise like this without the idea being that we're really making it into a real real franchise. So, oh, yeah. maybe we'll finally get to go to the that. fucking space station. Borderlands movie coming at some point. Oh, you know it. Borderlands the MMO. Just say no. Borderlands I, fan I will, fiction. I will bet you I will put a wager down right now that, the, that Borderlands 3 is almost an MMO. I believe it. I don't no, think maybe in a guild wars sort of way, right? With some, yeah, yeah, that it'll be it'll won't Hub, be just you can play up to then, four people at once. Yeah, it'll yeah. be it'll be destiny esque. Well it needs that. It needs to it needs to have some sort of, you know, in game even almost like a PSO sort of deal. Right. Where you go yeah. to like hubs and are able to connect with other people and then go out and, and, I think and run your missions. I think great. this is going it to be, be perfect for PSO I, style approach. It's gonna yeah. be this is gonna be the generation of that. The generation because we finally have the the console hardware that can handle that and it, I think that you're gonna see a lot of this stuff. It's going to be all bleed over. the The line between uh, single player and multiplayer is going to be even more blurred than it is now. It's going to it's all it's going it's all going to be the division and Need for Speed and all, all these things that are sort of already hinting at that. You're mm-hmm. just going to see that happen more and more and more as the as the next few I, years I, come. I up. hope and I agree. Yeah, I, I, I will. Blur, well, go ahead. I, I will go Telltale the benefit of the doubt on having four simultaneous projects because you know, look at Double Fine. They have like four or five games like, that are in the works right now. Ooh, right. Dude, how cool Edward. is Hack and Slash? Right? Yeah, that looks rad. Looks really good. Do you see that? I did indeed. It's you want to really talk about cool. it? Actually, let's do this. Let's blur the lines, take a little break. When we come back on the other side, we will uh, wrap up this stuff and move on into other territories. I don't so, think that's blurring the line. I think that's drawing the line. I think we're I'm, making I'm a blurring line. I'm blurring a line. We're, bl- we're making a line right we're now. We're drawing a very blurry line. line. I'm blurring a line in the sand. <laughs> Stick around. We'll be right back. Christmas. Keep pushing my love. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is almost here, folks, and our sponsor, Doghouse Systems, would be a great way to get a gamer in your life a awesome PC or a gaming laptop. Yeah. Different for, for the holidays. Great place to go. Uh, as you know, Jeff and I both have our PCs that we play on from Doghouse. They've taken great care of us. They are great machines, ton of performance, uh, very configurable. I don't know what else to tell you about them other than we've talked about them a bunch. We've talked about customer service. We've talked about the way they're built. I, the I, best part, I think, is that it's gaming machines for gamers because they are gamers, from gamers. These guys know what it takes to make an awesome gaming rig, and they really the, – the love comes through. So I admire them for this. One of the, one of the things that you, if you've just gone and looked at the site, you may not have seen is that in addition to selling their PCs, 
they have this whole dedicated section to the community. Yeah. Where they do they do their own podcast. Mm-hmm. They talk to fans all the time about what games they're playing. Apparently like a while ago they were super into WoW, but they seem to have moved on. Have you moved on from WoW, Jeff? Or do you still WoW a lot? Well is it, see if you have a dog house of Drenor's coming, so I'll be back. If you have your doghouse system, you are ready to jump into anything, and because they are playing all these games all the time, they are very well uh, acquainted with all of the scenarios you might run into as far as do you have the right patches, do you have the right drivers? What version of the game are you running? All of those sorts of things. So if you get a doghouse system, you are getting a system that is going to be there to take care of you as you want a game for like the next several years, which yeah, is it's, a big deal. It's tested. They they burn in the systems. It's And did I tell you the first time I met those guys? No. Actually, it was at PAX. Oh, really? And they were there, not as vendors, as fans. They were there to really? see the newest, latest, best games coming out. They wanted to check them out. And I just bumped into them. And uh, I mean, they really are gamers and they love this stuff. And that's why I decided to buy my PC from them. Uh, and I did. I paid real human money yep. and bought real human money. Yeah. You know, bitcoins. No. Well, no. <laughs> As you can tell, probably from the way Jeff and I do these uh, these promotions for Doghouse, we don't actually have like a script for anything from them. We're, that was very heavily it's, scripted. It's, you could tell how precise I said it. It's kind of cool to actually have a sponsor that we both really believe in. So yeah. they have a code for you. It's TGIF. You can use that on their site, www.doghousesystems.com. Still have a little time before Christmas to get your order in. I, I suspect that they will be a little slow over Christmas, but you know you could still get a January system on order as well. Uh, if you use that code, you'll get a free weekend confirmed T-shirt, and you'll get that's a- rad. <laughs> The only way to get them right now. It is. <laughs> and uh, and a $30 credit on SlashLoot.com. So that's Doghouse Systems for great gaming PCs and gaming laptops. www.doghousesystems.com and code TGIF. As Jeff brought up right before the break, we may have to just have our own special double fine savings accounts in order to keep up with all the awesome games they're creating at this rate. It's kind of silly. That's great. This latest one is called Hack and Slash. It came from their Amnesia Fortnite game jam. If you're not familiar with that, they've done these game jams that they actually stream on 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 streaming services so you can watch what's going on. This pitch was really cool. It's the it's 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 a play on words. It's a hack and slash, but the hack part is not hacking with a sword. It's hacking like you hacking the game code. Yeah, that's super clever. It's super clever, and uh, if you read about the the guy who came up with the idea, his his sort of inspiration, it's really awesome. Uh, where he remembers back in the old days of PC, like being able to get access to the code and like literally hack into a roguelike and yeah. help himself out. And he's like, well, what if we made a game that was that that gave you the experience without actually having to know how to code? Uh, and that their their press releases are always fun. So you'll, you'll be looking for yeah. exploits. Jokes. And and running running binary subroutines and but it's and it's kind it of crazy is a stuff. roguelike it is I mean you are playing like an elf that's running around but you're also you know hacking the system at the same time I can't wait to play it it looks awesome it's like it's like a virtualized game genie attack game <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like you know game genie was a thing you used to plug into your consoles like, back I in the day the game genie. it's like meta cyberpunk meta cyberpunk <laughs> <laughs> they but really seriously the 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 creative spark that caught fire at double fine you know with their with their move into crowdfunding and really exert, asserting themselves as indies is just awesome to watch well, the revolution I, that's happening there it's pretty freaking fucking awesome i remember i took my very first real interview actually uh i talked to tim schaefer right after costume quest came out and i asked him about like i'm like how do you guys operate over there 
And and he described it as like a creative college campus where it's mm. very, very collaborative. Everybody's got their own roles, but there's Everybody's a lot of sleeping with everybody else. Yep. <laughs> a lot of drugs. No, they're, they're like cross purposing a lot of resources and a lot of people. And just, I think they just have a lot of really, really highly talented, motivated folks over there that love doing that. They do. They do. Yeah. I've known a couple of people when I lived in San Francisco who worked there and, and, they were of exactly that ilk. Loved working there and loved the whole creative. I mean, it is yeah. sort of what we're seeing on a double fine is is pretty much just a window into them. It's just really like this is this is who these folks are, and that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So Jeff, you thought things are really moving towards MMOs this year, or at least MMO like? Yeah. I mean, I think over the next few years, so they certainly will be. Elder Scrolls. I'm in April fourth for PC, buddy. April fourth yeah. for PC, and then, and then June, and then for, June for next gen consoles, PS4 annoying. and Xbox One. I've been really surprised at some of the reception I got because I remember writing the story yesterday morning, and all the comments that I got on the Shack article were just like, "I never asked for this." Like, you know, what this, like, why, like this, this the graphics look dated. Like, you know, I I wasn't looking for an Elder Scrolls MMO. I was looking more for like a co op Skyrim type of thing, which which is what it. we heard when it was first announced, and then when people saw it at E three last year, it was like, I, oh my god, this is awesome, and now yeah, they're back and, to and now, now they're back, back to, to I don't want it. It's from so what I played weird. at E three, I am stoked for this game. It is it it really is feels like a Elder Scrolls game where you're you know taking quests and listening to great dialogue and making interesting choices and just doing it with your friends around. So how do you feel about so there have been people in the beta. And the beta has been a closed beta, and it's under NDA. But people, they just obviously, as things happen, there have been some leaks around that, and you know, a couple of things have come up, and a couple of things have been, they've both been sort of complaints. Number one, everybody loves that about the Elder Scrolls. They love the getting the quest. They love going and having their stories. How do you feel about doing that, and then in the midst of your story, having it interrupted by another party that comes through? And breaks the experience. Yeah, I mean, it's worrisome, especially having had the experience with SWOTOR. Uh, You know, it is is worrisome. There's something magical about that experience of feeling like you're the only one on this epic quest. And then some jackasses who are just spamming the jump button run by. And it's like, oh, this fantasy world is not fantasy world. It's a bunch of people on their computers. Right, right. (laughs) Well, well, and I'm not the biggest MMO guy, but it would seem to me that part of the like, like you either have a really, really strong narrative. Borderlands is a perfect example where you, I would play those games and if I was playing by myself, you know, I'd listen to the dialogue and stuff. But when you're playing with friends, it's more like, okay, just get the quest nugget, like activate the next mission and let's run. We weren't really investing much in the story. Yeah. And I think that a a, a series like that, that, that relies so heavily on story, it's, you know, that could be a little concerning is like people don't tend to have as much myself included don't ha- tend to have as much patience for sort of really fleshed out narrative moments right. and things like that when you're running around with your friends and you just want to get some loots. Yeah, but I, I mean, I mean but- imagine getting to the ultimate battle with a, you know, with a dragon that you've been trying to get to and suddenly another party comes in that's bigger and badder asser than you blows through wipes out the dragon and now you're well, standing in line waiting for the dragon to respawn i'm sure a lot of that is instanced and you don't have to worry about that per se but i do i do i will say that the combat system is also interesting in its own right as well it's very much that elder scrolls combat system it's not just waiting for your cooldowns in fact there are no cooldowns it's all it's your attacks are all limited by how much um what's that called what's the blue Mana, well, is it mana there, or is it, I thought it was something else. I, it's in, always mana to me, man. Mana and stamina, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so stamina and mana, just as in any Elder Scrolls game, you have got your blue bar, you got your green bar, and you can spam as many 
over and over the uh, the skills that you've got that use those resources until they're gone. So that's a really interesting take on the MMO template as well because it'll play differently. It'll feel different. It'll so, feel a little more arcadey, I think. And if they have all of that, how is it not a mistake that they do not have a way to just play it alone? Does it have to be an MMO? If they're building yes, out all... because they want to charge you a subscription fee. Well, that's not a game design reason. <laughs> so but how I mean, much of a mistake is it not to have a single mo- have an alone mode? Well, you're 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 going to get another Elder Scrolls game also. This is not I don't think this is instead of. I, is, I don't think it's instead of either. I'm just asking, you know, how much of a mistake is it not to have that? What if it was an MMO and when I wanted to, I could say, you know what? Click, I'm playing by myself. Wasn't that one of the appeals of uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic? Was that if you wanted to play by yourself, you could? I don't think so. Oh, I play, uh, I played okay. a lot of it by myself. Well, yeah, but not without anyone else in the world with you. Oh no, yeah, that's what you mean. Well, your instance, yeah, no, I, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no. flip it off. I don't think. I, I don't think. I don't think you want to flip it off. It'll flip you off back. Why do? I'm why sure. do I not want to flip? Because uh, the, but no, but I mean, I think that the whole idea of what an MMO is is that the world itself is is more alive than you would get in a single player game, and it's more alive in good ways and in bad ways. Sadly, but. I mean, I understand that. I'm just saying for what the Elder Scrolls is, maybe this is a place where they could have built a hybrid game. Maybe this is a place where they could have made an option so that, you know what, we're not we're not telling you, Jeff, that it is a single-player experience. And we're still going to charge you a monthly fee because it is an MMO. But we're also going to give you the option, you know what, if you want to tonight because you're going to go face this dragon, you want to flip the button and turn off the connection to the master server or turn off the connection to all the other people so you can just play in your version to do this quest that you have that you don't want interrupted, then we're going to let you do that. Hmm. It's interesting. I, I, I really like that idea. I think that that is more in line with the take the what, what people love about Elder Scrolls stuff and layer multiplayer on top of it. Yeah. Th- this sounds more like, hey, we're designing a MMO that you know you all know are, are, and are familiar with and yes it will have lore and characters and stuff from Elder Scrolls stuff but it's going to play like an MMO and because of that linchpin of narrative and exploration and really getting into the characters and you know it's one of the few games out there that Bethesda stuff lets you actually role play yeah. and MMOs ironically unless you're on one of those servers where people are role playing aren't really role playing you know, most people don't role play on, on those things. They don't. They don't have that same experience. They don't invest in their character like you know. I'm making forging my own story. It's like I'm part of this community and I'm you right. know, playing my part. But I don't know why you. If you like that idea, I don't know why you would want to limit it to this Elder Scrolls game. Why wouldn't you ask for that from any MMO? Like, why wouldn't you want to play WoW and say, well, you, Ah, you I wanna... might ask of it from any. But I think that it, you might particularly ask of it from Elder Scrolls because it has been that sort of single player experience for so long. Right. But, but here's them saying, well, we're going to take this world and people it and we're going to people it (laughs) and the the world must be peopled. Uh, and I think, um, I mean, I think that's, that's just a different game that they're making. I think, I think they would have been better off and I don't know, maybe I'm totally wrong. We'll see when it comes out, but just my guts telling me that they would have been better off taking more of a borderlands approach with it in that it is massively, Co-op, maybe. Yeah, just or, like, or they let you make a private session with your friends, like that type. Yeah, of thing. where you're like, I want to go questing with my friends, and what keeps it? What keeps it the Elder Scrolls? And then the other question I have is more excited about it being the Elder Scrolls, or more excited about it being what looks to be when it does hit on console in June, the first real, uh, maybe not the first real, because Final Fantasy would take that as well. But being DCUO. the first, the first. See, does DCUO really count as? I I don't feel like it has the same sort of 
MMO-ness to it. It's pretty MMO-y. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> pretty MMO-y? Yeah, it is. Okay. I will take your word for it. <laughs> I, I just I sort of see this as the, you know, next to the Final Fantasies, you know, that first like multi-platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this is the first one on a Microsoft platform, isn't it? Yes, I don't think, a, first one I don't think Microsoft, Microsoft has a... Well, no, Final Fantasy XI was on Xbox. Okay, that's true. On 360. Okay, stand corrected. I obviously didn't get any registration out of that, so we'll move on <laughs> to the next thing I had to talk about. Well, well, the, well, the other thing I want to ask is, and, and I know we always have this conversation when it comes to an MMO, but is it really going to be able to sustain itself on $15 a month on a subscription fee? Well, $15 a month is a shit ton of money, man. Yeah. Like, you are, mean, are people going to leave? Is it going to go free uh, how, to play? Uh, how, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, how long is it going to be able to sustain itself? Because even Star Wars couldn't last too long on that on that model. Well, that's, what, that's the MMO Who model knows? now. That's the MMO track record now, is yeah. that well, you go for X number of months on... The subscription of the people who are super excited, who are sort of the hardcore, then you transition to a free to play model, and you last X number of. I, months I don't know that, that that's universal. Final Fantasy fourteen seems to be flying in the face of that. A Realm, well, Reborn, is, a Realm Reborn has been successful. It is, and in people the fir- are happily playing. In the first playing quadrant it. of that, in the first quadrant. Plan. Well, it's doing better in the first quadrant of that than Swotor did. I, I, yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of games that are do better in the first quadrant of that than Swotor did. But even right. WoW, you know, eventually changed its model. Right, you know, you know I don't. Well, not completely. It's well, just, no, no, no. But, 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 yeah. I mean, they're they're not. They're sliding slowly. They're sliding. They're, I don't anticipate coming from Square that Final Fantasy fourteen is going to change anytime in the near future. And it seems to be quite happy to build a very dedicated core of the size and scope that it wants, and not worry about going to a larger scale and scope. And I wonder whether that's Bethesda's plan, or if they want to try and blow it up to a larger scale. I think if you want to try to blow up to a larger scale at this day and age, that you almost have to go free to play. But there's also clearly space that if you want to go subscription, you can go subscription. And if you if you are able to build content that really, really, really resonates with your core audience and they're really happy with. That's what I'm concerned about is what makes this stand out so much that it's worth $15 Which a month? Which goes back to that, why not have an alone mode? You got to do those things to make that core audience really happy. And right now they're dividing their core audience. Well. But because get, of course, a part of, there's a part of the Elder Scrolls audience who are asking those questions again. Like Ozzy said, here we here we are. People knew what the hell this game was, and yet again, people were like, "This isn't the game I asked for." Well, that was the argument originally, but then we thought they had turned. But now, so it's clear but, there's still two camps. You could mm-hmm. you could say the same thing about Final Fantasy. You could say the same. There's two fact, camps. Well, no, that 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 it shouldn't. I mean, what what sets it apart? That it shouldn't be successful. There's nothing about. In fact, but even worse say, because it failed once already. But and the difference is that, it, that they're not two—they're not two warring factions over how Final Fantasy fourteen ought to be, right? right. But there's one. There's a, the faction of like this game should be good, <laughs> and it wasn't when it came out. And, and you a, had to had to win those people back over, and they did, and, and they did. They've won over people. I don't think that they're going. I, and the only the argument is that they're going to win. That the Elder Scrolls it will be if it works will win over the people who are doubting it now or not the, necessarily i'm saying that that they're they they may find an audience in the same way that final fantasy found an audience in this in the sense that uh there wasn't really anything that set final fantasy apart as an mmo other than it's final fantasy and then when people got into it and found oh some of the systems are really fun that's i hope what happens with elder scrolls it's like it has enough of a name recognition that you give it a shot on its own as an mmo fan which is what i'm going to do and then hopefully the systems within are are so compelling that you stick around and enjoy it. That's that's what I'm hoping for. I, I hope for the best. I just hope it doesn't end up being like Final Fantasy XI and ends up being that that first MMO that doesn't really succeed and you have to go back to another one later on a couple of years. Hey, as long as you don't have to pay $60 for the box plus $15 a month for the subscription, 
and then has microtransactions on top. Yeah. Because having microtransactions on top, not a good thing. We had a lot of discussion about that last week. You missed out on that. I did. We're still continuing this discussion. Uh, So a couple things. I want to talk about NBA 2K14 a little bit. Mm. Uh, Pasta Padre did an excellent, excellent editorial getting into the the pretty uh, aggressive way that 2K Sports is approaching microtransactions in that game. So if you're not familiar with it, the way that they've done it is there's a virtual currency system. And the thing that I think is most off-putting to most of the fans comes from the fact that there's just one pool of money that goes across all the modes. And so, mm-hmm. and, and, and couple that with really high prices for a number of things means that when you're trying to play my career and my GM mode, you're really in the hole as far as having enough money to do anything. And some of the things that they charge you for are just ridiculous. For instance, in my GM, you, you have to buy the ability to change your lineups. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. What else does a GM do? You, you have to buy the ability to coach? To be, you have to, yeah, exactly. You have to, you have to pay for the ability to be the GM coaching that you're doing. And then in my career, you're buying your ability upgrades, right? But, and, and you're going to, and that sort of makes some sense. I, I don't even know if it makes sense. But then you also, it might be nice to have, you know, something other than the black t-shirt you start the game with. But the prices the prices, even for like the cosmetic stuff, are so very high that they're that they're pretty much unachievable. In How do you less... earn money? So you earn money by playing. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. You earn money by playing. Although there are other ways to earn money, and I was actually just uh, I was just here opening the page. I need to get it open. But like winning games. There, there's an app. Yes. There's also an, the thing I didn't know is there's a 2K Sports, an NBA 2K app that you can download for your smartphone. I didn't know this either. And. You can use it to earn some coins. And I'll get the, by the way, the, one of the Shack News readers posted this. So I'll give you credit here in just a second. And you can also evidently do a nightly pick em in the real NBA and earn some coins that way. Okay, that part's kind of cool. Yeah. But you're not earning, keep in mind, you're not earning a lot of coins. And, and in, in the big scheme of things, the pace of coin, it's just, it's damn near impossible to earn enough coins to do more than one thing in the game you could be the g you could play the my gm if you want to and you can work it you can grind against it and you can grind against it. you can play the my player and grind against your skills and abilities but you probably won't get any you know the ability to have any of the add-on stuff and if you if you want to go beyond that you're just gonna have to go buy currency yeah i i look i hope that somebody comes along and same thing is true with forza and a lot of these other games where they're the monetization engine takes precedence over good game design and you know, I appreciate that everybody's trying to make as much money as possible, but I think it, at the end of the day, it hurts the end product. Like, I think it hurts consumers' perception of it. I know that I'm not somebody that's, you know, especially if I plunk down 50, 60 bucks on a game, that's all, that's usually all the money you're getting from me, unless you're offering something substantial down the road, like extra content that, you know, is more than just a couple of outfits or you know, gun skins or whatever. It's you d- stop di- designing games around monetization. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my, that's, that would be my stop, request. Stop, stop using the free to play model on a $60 game. What is well, the yeah. uh, percentage of people who are the ones that actually pay in a, in a free to play? Oh, well, no one will ever tell us. Oh, in a free to play game. Well, yeah. on mobile. Yeah. What's in general, is it like what? 2%, 10%. What is it? It depends on the type of game. Mm-hmm. So in a super casual game, it's uh well, a super casual game. It's pretty low. It can be in like two to three percent range, but once you get into game, you know, some, once you get into something like a strategy title where you don't have as large an audience, but the audience is much more committed, it's not uncommon to get over ten percent. Mm-hmm. 
But it depends on what you're selling. You know, again, in a, in a strategy game, you're probably selling stuff that allows you to play the game more. And, and you're basically, you're starting to make that trade-off that's more traditional of you're paying to get game content. Yeah. Whereas in casual games, it's more often just time skipping. Time skipping and bonusing and power-upping. Mm-hmm. It's so funny that, that video games started with the put a quarter in to play a little bit and yeah. put another quarter in to keep playing a little bit more. And we got away from that for like a good 15 years. Coin op Xbox. So the NBA 2K thing came from Z Mansfield. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's what he related. It says, uh, you can, it says, I think you can get an additional 500 to 2,000 points once a day. That is through the 2K14 phone app. And they also let you pick winners of every NBA game each day for 50 virtual coins per correct answer, which in 50 is squat. Nothing. But you can do it every day right. per game. So if you're reasonably good at you know, playing Vegas well, and, yeah. you, and you were diligent about doing it every day, you could build up some virtual coinage. Yeah, it's a cool thing to have in there, even if it wasn't tied to a yeah. coin tchotchke. It's an interesting NBA engagement thing. Here's the difference to me, though, because and I, I find it really funny to be citing EA as the better of them. But as we know, you know, Madden and FIFA have ultimate teams. And I'm not a fan of the ultimate team thing. But the thing about the ultimate team is that it stands aside the core components of sport games. I can still play, you know, a manage a team, manage a season sort of scenario right. in Madden and in FIFA. And if I want to go do the silly... I'm sorry, it's not silly. If you like Ultimate Team, I apologize. If you want to go do the Ultimate Team thing, which is a massive commitment. You know, Spencer freaking loves Ultimate Team. Sure. But he doesn't really spend money on it. He's just so hardcore. He grinds the shit out of it. Yeah. And he is a... He's happy with that, and he enjoys that, and that's cool. God bless him. I mean, Spencer, Spencer's a guy who works at our office with us, and he loves Total FIFA. Total FIFA diehard. Total FIFA diehard. FIFA Ultimate Team diehard and burns his, I mean, just works his fingers off on that game. That I am totally cool with. Like any game that wants to have a super hardcore player extra mode that really the only the true fans are going to be into for extra. And it's a card fine. game. It is a collectible card yeah. game. So the idea of, of other folks buying card packs, it, I mean, it just, it all fits together. But this thing with the virtual coin system, it, it, it's just really well, the reason I, intrusive. The reason I asked about the percentage of, of people who actually tend to spend money i mean if we're if we're guessing it's in even in the you know wildest estimations if it's below 20 percent of the people who play the game that means you're 80 percent of the people that have your product are dealing with bullshit so that you can get money from 20 percent of them mm-hmm. and they don't care because the 20 percent that they're getting money from is just free money it's free money yeah and i guess that's i guess so they're basically yeah they're screwed they're they're happily screwing the majority right to make free money off of the minority Right. And it's really too bad because this is a good opportunity for them to lower the retail price of a game. Like, you know, at least knock it down to 30, 20 bucks or something and then, you know, just take the, take the extra And it's money. a shame. And, and, I, and I, Mia Culpa, one of the reasons I hadn't run into it, and I wanted to talk about NBA 2K because it's one of my very favorite games on PS4. And the reason I hadn't run into this is that of the sports... I'm sort of a I'm sort of a fair weather not fair weather I'm I'm just a casual NBA fan. So you're playing like a season mode or something or dude I just set even... up games I want to see and oh, okay. play them. That's all I do. It's like I pick a couple of teams that entertain me. Mostly, usually what'll happen is I'll be at the gym and I'll right. watch Sports Center. I'll be like, oh shit, Indiana played Miami tonight. That was an awesome game. I'm gonna go play that. Well, and that's cool because it do does that. feed you that stuff. Like it's like here's tonight's game. Like boom. And that's to... all I really want to do. So right. I hadn't run into any of this stuff. And when I started re- looking into it and reading up on it, so we could talk about the show because obviously after the Forza stuff, it was. Yeah important to keep on this i was like wow they're just really down the rabbit hole also well and i'm a huge fan of the series and i have 
completely relegated myself to season mode. And I mean, more or less, that's all I play now. Well, at least you got season mode. Oh yeah, yeah. Season mode's fine. I don't feel like I have, you know, I'm having to grind it's, coins. God but, knows why next gen FIFA is messed up with like weird things missing out of it. But but I really would. I really would like to do to dabble with the GM stuff. But you're right. I've read the same the same sort of thing and the frustration and run into the the coin wall that you're talking about. And it's like it, it it's really really you know leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you've you know paid full price for a title and. Mm-hmm. You know, progression, like, you know, I would love to see somebody put out chart. I'm sure somebody's done it where there's like, this is how long you have to grind this to get this. And it's, you know, the, these things that people would look at this stuff and just be like, oh my God, like I have to play this game for 300 hours to get like, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever this little LeBron ancillary shoes. piece. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and again, Gran Turismo has it, you know, my review for Gran Turismo just went up and you know, I don't know if you guys want to, I do actually want to talk to you a little about Gran Turismo because I think you really should play the game, but Gran Turismo has microtransactions in it, but like right. we talked about last week, I think it's less intrusive because it is it is purely a time swap. I'm not having any trouble earning credits. Now, granted, at the very, very, very top end of the game, mm-hmm. there are an, if you wanted to own a bunch of the top end cars, you would have to keep playing for a long while. But you can you can keep it, it's doable. It's at very least. it's it's pretty doable. Uh, Forza has made a big up has announced that they're making a big change. I mean, clearly they're uh, they're responding, continuing to respond to how fans have have responded to the microtransactions. And they must there. have been feeling the bigger pressure once GT6 oh, yeah. came out, and they they saw by comparison how easy it is to get something out of there. I mean, keep in mind their original answer, although people were excited about An- answer it, answer in quotes, th- th- and slide past was basically a Black Friday sale. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of funny to be like hold them to the fire, and their answer is like. Oh, well, why don't we put stuff well, on sale for a few days? Well, well that, that's why when I wrote that Shack article, I didn't originally put that in because I'm just like, wait, it's only for three days. That's not that's not a solution. That's a sale. How long do you think before we see like a game like that where they're like, okay, $60 version, microtransactions, all that crap's in there. You buy the $90 version <laughs> and it's all unlocked. I mean, it's progression trees a lot, you know, leaner. It's a lot, you know, you don't have to work grind as much. I, I don't know that they'll do that. In, well, I tell you what, they'll do that. When they look at the spreadsheet from all the telemetry that's coming back yeah. in the game and tells them exactly how much profit potential they're missing and how many more people they could get to buy the ninety dollar version, it's like the guy sitting in the room going, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna put ads in this game and we'll charge people like two bucks to unlock a a downloadable that'll disable ads in their game." You yeah. know, like it's that kind of shit. It's just it's oh, and they know uh, and they know before they put in that two dollar unlockable, they know what the potential earning power is of all the players. And plus, they're, like, they're getting ad revenue anyway, so it's like two to one odds. It's EA that gets the ball rolling on that. <laughs> so, according to the story that came up on IGN, first props to them for getting the story. The uh, on disc cars are going to be reduced in price by a whopping forty five percent. So this is a this is and that's a that's a permanent oh, that's a reduction. Yep, yep. they're going to all the cars that shipped in there. The in-game purchase price of them is going to be dropped by forty-five percent, and the earn rate is going to more than double. So basically, they're they're flipping the switches on both sides. It, it is now possible to earn every car before you die. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, according according to uh, Turn Ten Stan Greenwald, this says that uh, the exotic cars will now be able to be acquired in one fifth the time as in Forza 4. Hmm. So, and he also talks about how they were using, the original assumptions were based off of uh, telemetry that they had from Forza 4, but people are playing Forza 5 differently. I, I, They are. I mean, that's a little strange, but okay, whatever you say. Our original calculations were based on the fact that we thought Forza was the only thing people played, <laughs> but um, apparently yeah. that's not the case. So, and they're, also asking, they're also adding drag racing 
Ooh. If you like drag racing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. really? Okay, so you can get... So the drag racing is kind of cool. There's a number of different modes. You can get up to 16 racers in a lobby. You can get, like, I think it's like eight... You can, you can do, like, one-on-ones and do, like, tiered championship sort of stuff. But you can also do, like, a, evidently a big lineup where you have, like, eight cars all next to each other, a la, you know, like, those crazy car and driver cool. road and track end-of-the-year tests where they're on a runway. And everybody, <laughs> everyone just, like... You know, hauls ass down the end of the of can the drag I, race. Can I control them by spraying a water gun at a target? Yes. Hey, as you long can. as I can wear a dress <laughs> while I'm drag racing. It's not, that kind of, it's not that kind of drag racing. Oh, sorry. Oh, rats. Wah, wah. I don't know. Drag race. There's, you know, as big all a the mo- fun of racing, half the steering. Exactly. <laughs> big a motor fan and motorsports fan <laughs> as I am, you know, drag racing and NASCAR, IndyCar, like oval racing, two things that just. Yeah, don't do much for me. Mm-hmm. Left turns, man. Especially seen it live. Uh, that scent of gasoline doesn't doesn't leave your nostrils for a very long oh, time. You're talking about drag racing? Yeah, yeah. So well, the top fuelers, yeah, the top fuelers are pretty nasty. Yeah. All right, uh, well, we are at the midpoint of the show. We'll take a little break now. We, we've done like a bunch of this stuff. When we come back, we should just talk about games. Let's talk about some games. Games. Yeah. So uh, stick around. We'll be back with the second half of Weekend Confirmed. Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by FootCardigan.com. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. What's a foot cardigan. I'm glad you asked, Garnet, and that we didn't rehearse that one bit. Foot cardigan! A foot cardigan is another word for a sock. Not just any sock. An awesome, stylish sock. If there's one thing I have learned about women. Yes. And this is really the only thing I have learned about women. It is that they dig dudes with cool socks. Little touches what? to your wardrobe. I'm not joking, dude. Little touches to your wardrobe go such a long way. They show care. They it's show... True. They show intelligence. They show attention to detail. This is what you want. And Foot Cardigan takes care of it for you because they deliver you a random pair of really cool, interesting, different-looking socks to your mailbox every single month. And you can get 20% off by using the code WEEKEND for your Foot Cardigan Pay Once subscription. They're now offering $2 shipping anywhere in the world, world, world. Every month... They put the surprise back in your mailbox and the fun on your feet. I, I, am, I, am, I just read that. I didn't make that up. I am sort of having this moment where I'm thinking about like going to my mailbox and opening this box that has And you get socks. socks in now it. listen, everybody thinks that getting socks for Christmas is boring, but I'm telling you, getting fun, wacky, weird, interesting socks in your mailbox every month true. could be super cool. I think I'm gonna sign up for this. And honestly, you will be the hit at parties. When people are like, oh, my God, you're the guy who always has interesting socks on. Look at the socks he's wearing. And the amount of people, I don't know, in your neck of the woods, Garnet, but where I hang my out. My neck of the woods? I don't know about listeners of the show, but I feel like more and more people's house I go over to, I have to take my shoes off. My, dude, my, my, house house is, house my house is shoe is free. one of them. Yeah, yeah, my house is shoe free. And, which I dig. But then you take your shoes off and you reveal these cool socks and you're always having different okay. new ones. Bonus point. Plus one for Jeff and FootCardigan.com. FootCardigan.com. It's the dreams your feet have always wanted. Get started at FootCardigan.com today. That's www.FootCardigan. F-O-O-T-C-A-R-D-I-G-A-N.com. And don't forget, use the weekend Promo code. That's weekend. 20% off. So, Jeff, I remember you telling me about how much you were enjoying Fours of Five. Yes. Because you finally were starting to get it I t- about <laughs> driving games. <laughs> you finally starting to get it, yes. And I think that what I missed, and I and we talked a bunch about Gran Turismo 6, and I'm not going to belabor the point, but I really want you to play Gran Turismo 6 because... Is that on PS4? 
Why do people keep that? That's such a <laughs> dumb question. No, it's not on PS4. Get the fuck over it. No looking back. <sighs> you're hard. not going to play. So you can't play any more games on, on great systems that you enjoyed for so long that have great games on them. Sorry, yeah, I can't yeah, do it anymore. Yeah, man. What are you going to do when uh, South Park comes out next year? Oh, nope. Sorry, Jeff can't play it. It's not it's, on PS4. It's not on PS4. Sorry, can't play What are you going to do when Dark... Well, actually, you're not the Dark Souls guy, so never mind. Bad example. All right, tell me, this is tell me why I should uh, play it. You should play it because it's doing an excellent job right from the start of wanting to be the instructor. Yeah, that's someone, what I need. Well, that's, that's what, need. what the game is doing. Yeah. And the way that the the way that they have intertwined, you know, literal instructions that come up on the screen and the progression through the first few hours works perfectly. So, you know, and I wrote this in my review, but I'll just re- I'm gonna, like review it for you really quickly, which is that they start off the game and, and where so many other games are inclined to drop you into the seat of some crazy freaking hypercar. Yeah. They put you in a really basic Renault and say, go, go, go. And it's it's great because even inexperienced, you can push the shit out of this car and you're probably not going to get yourself in trouble mm-hmm. because it's not overpowered. You ever flip a Renault? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And as they're and as you're racing around Brands Hatch, they're giving you these tips that I mean, yeah, for a lot of folks, they're super basic tips like, hey, when the line on the ground turns red, hit the brakes or else bad things happen. But see, that's that's not the kind of tip I want. Okay. I want the tip of like, what? Why did the? Why did it turn red? And Obviously, I need to break. But but how do I know that without the systems of the game telling? So me? they start. So they start at that level, and then they keep incrementing up. Okay through getting you because they have to start someplace they have to assume that you don't know anything right which and I so don't. they keep taking you up through that and i think the other people and you're right i mean you know look if you're a super experienced driver you might be put off by that you also could probably might be put off by the fact that it forces you to get a honda fit as your first car mm. in career progression but great uh, gas mileage on that thing oh yeah it's it, go dude you know what's great about it is that the chassis is really well balanced and it's another car. It's like just like this car that you started off in. It's a car that you can push the hell out of. Mm-hmm. And as you push the hell out of it, start to get the understanding of like where the lines of grip are and how you put the car through the different cycles of corners. And the progression system that they have now, they've taken all the races that used to be just up there in a patchwork quilt and lined them up in an order and put just the core ones down the center of progression. And as you get to the end, you're earning stars. And when you get to the end of them, you go to the license tests. And now they now it suddenly makes sense. Instead of the license tests feeling like this arbitrary thing you had to do to be able to go forward, now they are more like graduation ceremony. Hmm. And you get it. You're like, oh, I've been racing these front-wheel drive cars through these you know, starting off matches and I've gotten the hang now of doing some of these things. And then now it's going to really test me. Like, can I actually go through, you know, an, an S turn and hit the marks the right way and achieve it at this time? And, and so you progressing through things. And as you keep going up and up, it's very slowly getting you into higher and higher performance cars. And so you feel by the time you get to any of those cars, at least like you have some competency with them. Mm-hmm. It's really smart the way they do that. They're not forcing you. I think that the you know some people might get impatient with it. Some people might be like, God, I really want to go drive, you know, Ferrari. I want to go drive the Ferrari. Yeah. And and I understand and I sympathize that the counter side of it is that what's going to happen is when you are driving in this game, you're going to feel like a really you like you're really learning something and making progress. Hmm. And the and the driving model is superlative. Hmm. The way the transition of weight feels, the way that we talked about all the stuff we talked about last week is in there. But I really think that as someone who wanted to get the hang of performance driving, that the way they've set up this progression system is freaking awesome. Really, I'm a big supporter of it. Really big. So supporter you think of it. that it does it communicate the 
ideas behind what you're doing? Does it communicate like the way you kind of explain things to me when we're talking is like, okay, well, there's you're driving a front wheel drive car, so that's why it's handling in this. Yes, early early on, it literally puts messages up like that on the screen. But the thing that's graceful about what it's doing is the progression of races, and and in particular, not just the races, but also the tracks that you're running. Force you, you're learning without it without it being okay, Jeff. I'm going to teach you how mm-hmm. to now do a long straight into a hard turn. Right. Instead of saying that, what it does is after a couple of three races, it puts you on a track that has that situation. And so maybe you blow it the first time, but now the next time you know how to come into it. And by the time you've gone through these series of races, they've they're adding to your tool set of what you know how to negotiate. Hmm. And they're starting off, you know, they're starting off on all these small tracks. That have you know that have slower speed turns in them and a variety of different turns and situations of of because now you're in a lower horsepower car you're in a lower powered car and there's a good deal of elevation change and so you start to really understand oh you know what if I come into this if I come into this low and and get on the gas earlier then I'm able to carry more momentum up the hill and this car doesn't really have enough guts to get on the gas going uphill. So I really want to be able to carry the momentum. And it's teaching you, without it saying, oh, I'm going to teach you how to do this, this, and this, it's teaching you those things by virtue of the way the progression's set up. Hmm. And it's pretty freaking genius. That sounds really good, actually. It's it's pretty genius. The, The sequence of race, the sequence of cars, performance level, and races, and how it, like, takes you through those is really, really smart. Really, really smart. Hmm. And I'm impressed with that. I'm impressed with that. And I'm also impressed with how much this game's starting to really, to me, finally, to some degree, approach. You know, I've interviewed Yamauchi about a half dozen times. And I feel like this game is finally at least approaching, knocking on the door of what his vision is. Hmm. So that's nice. It has, it has flaws. I mean, don't get me wrong. It has flaws. The AI in it is still, even as you get up into higher levels, the AI is stupid. Uh, it, it will run into you from behind. They're using rubber banding, which is absolutely offensive to me. I can't understand why they're doing that. Um, you know, navigating is much improved, but there's still cases where, you know, like if you go to a race and you don't happen to have a car in your garage that fits the race, you have to go to the race, look what the parameters are, go back out, go to all the manufacturers and just start looking around through manufacturers. Yeah, so, see that, that's, so dumb. That should be a quick button. Like you need to get a car that fits this race. Boom. You click a button. Here's a list of cars you can buy that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like, so moronic that they yeah. don't have that. And and online is is great for racing, but you know, equally as mired in like a million and one different menus that you can choose and there's a bunch of lobbies. But when you get racing, the racing's quite good. Mm-hmm. But I think you would enjoy the single player progression. Especially after what you said. Just after what you said about wanting to learn, it just struck me that wow, this game I, and I don't and I haven't played Forza, so I don't know how well it does the same thing. And, yeah. and at some point in time I'll be doing that. But this game just really is it, – it's not a car RPG. So it's not like you know, you're, not, you're not stepping into the virtual you know, racing shoes of some person. But you're creating your own racing person. And the way it takes you through those races really, I think, does a great job of conveying a bunch of simple lessons that you learn through, that you learn through driving yourself. Yeah. And that's really cool. Interesting. Really I, cool. I, that's that's the, my, my only frustration with Forza is that I don't know what I'm doing wrong a lot of the time like i i'll get to a point in a race where i'm like i don't i want to get better at this and i don't know i i don't know why i am not better i don't know what it is that i even am supposed to be doing hmm. you know what i mean like i don't still, know what is still really difficult because that would require someone sitting there watching how you're driving right and well, i think the computer is doing that theoretically <laughs> well, you know what i mean but for it to understand 
those things would be a pretty high level inclusion. I think that I the I think the thing to do if if you're feeling that way, whether you're in Forza or Gran Turismo, regardless, is to just slow down. Yeah, slow down until you get to a spot where you're circulating the track really well, and then start increasing the speed. And as you start to increase the speed, see where it works, where you can increase the speed, and where increasing the speed is is detrimental to your time. Mm-hmm. And watch the times. Really, I mean, there's a reason the lap times are there. Watch those times. Yeah, you know, go through a lap a little. What feel sometimes. You might be deceiving yourself. Sometimes you'll go through a lap and it'll feel like that was a slow lap, and you'll look up and be like, "Well, shit! I just shaved, you know, a half t- a half second off my best time." Right. Because you weren't skidding, you know, you weren't sliding around, you weren't over braking, and then trying to accelerate back out of it. A good yeah. smooth line, a lot of times, will get you a better time. And that's where I think that the the rival mode, where you're just going one on one against somebody else, and you don't have the chaos of all the other cars there. Yeah. I think I my psychology is video game psychology, which is Everybody's going this fast. I need to go at least as fast as all my competitors. So, and then I get jumbled up in the yeah. It's the it's fucking, it's the better ooh. off dead uh, uh, strategy. It's go that way really fast. Yep. <laughs> if yeah. something gets in your way, turn. <laughs> yeah, and that's the end of the. The toughest thing about racing when there are other cars on the track is not to fall into the trap of trying to beat the person who's next to you or in front of you exactly because they're on their line that's exactly what i do is is i get you have to drive your line you have well and be that competitive person but realize in your mind that you have to drive your line right and if your line right now is not accelerating at the same pace as the person next to you don't overcompensate by waiting too long and falling off your line your line might find your way to the pass at a different spot now it's really tough in video game racing, because typically all these races are like two or three laps, and that's bullshit. Right. Because and, and Gran Turismo is bad about that because it does all these rolling starts. So it's like a rolling start. So there's always a car that's like way out in front of you, mm-hmm. and you're going to go chase it down, and that's a real pain in the ass. Yeah. And but that's one another thing I like about Forza is that it'll say like good pass or yep. great turn or perfect turn. You know, every time I get perfect turn, I'm like, okay, what did I do there that the game recognized I did it perfectly? You know. Uh, so. <laughs> I, I wish to answer more that question because I mean I've talked to those guys about that before. To answer that question, they look at a, a few simple parameters, but they look at entry speed, exit speed, right. and your line across the apex. Right, and and I wish there was more communication of that. I wish it wasn't just you got it gold you star, didn't. not gold star. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wish it was more like boy, you really should have braked earlier, or you know. And I guess all that's not a black and white issue. It's more like, well, how did you plan? Well, I, I'll that? give you another one, and you may you may think I'm fucking nuts. Turn off the line. Yeah, everybody has said that. It's like fucking uh, Luke. Turn off the targeting computer. It's the truth. Yeah. Turn well, off the line because... Because yeah, everyone uses the, tar- everyone uses the yeah. targeting line. And yeah. if you're like me, like, that becomes your crutch. Yeah. Like, like you That's to, the problem. You get it to becomes a, a crutch. You get to a point where you're like, okay, like, I can totally hit this with the line here, and I and you trick yourself into thinking that you need it. When you're driving your yeah. car, you know when to step on the brake right. based on the speed you're traveling. And it's not like you're looking at the speedometer and going, I'm driving 45 but miles an hour. I need to put on my foot right. on brake 150 feet. But but that's exactly what I've I've tried to express to you before is that has been my problem with racing games is that I feel like so much of the stimuli that goes into that decision comes from not my hands and not my eyes and not my ears. Use the force. I know, but I mean like when I'm in a car, I know it's time to brake because of the sensation that my body is feeling. Sure. Absolutely. And you're getting I I agree. I find video games can't communicate that well enough for me to feel like I'm driving. I've never in a video game ever felt like I was driving ever. I felt like I was playing a video game 
where I was supposed to feel like I was driving. But this I, is why I have to drive cockpit view number one. I do too. Game. Me too. I love that. And but and that's and that's closer. It's but closer. it's not. I've never felt like going into a turn when you go. You know when you're in your car and you're pushing it a little bit and you're tr- you're late for something and you you know you're. And you feel like you're have you know make a turn faster than you need, or you're going into a bump faster than you should. You're bu- you know it. You, f- you there's a fear, there's a exhilaration, there's all those things that come into it that are not conveyable. By yeah, the as video. my friend, yeah. as my friend on the smoking tire, Matt Ferris says, you just use your butt dyno. And you got to <laughs> right. feel how much horsepower is happening down there. Exactly. You got to feel how much thrust you're getting out of the car, right? And I've just never, and that's why I like driving in real life. I'd, I I've never loved simulation racing games because I'm like this is all just a poor simulacrum of the experience like i'm not you know what i mean i think that and i i'm not having played forza a lot i still am comfortable saying that i'm certain that forza does as good a job visually conveying the sense of being in a car i I do think that the handling model in gran turismo is awesome i think that's one of the things that really helps with this turn the try turning the line off try turning the line off and yeah you're probably going to go too fast at first through a bunch of corners but you're going to start to get the hang of what the what the game's telling you and when you stop looking when you stop when you're right now what's happening when you're driving you're you're looking at that line and you're using the line to govern when do i tell my finger to use the brakes right when you stop having that line there you'll have to start using all the things the game designers interesting really put in there which yeah. are the things that are trying to convey to you a sense of momentum and a sense of how fast you're moving and a sense of what angle the car is and then you'll get better in touch with those. And as you get better in touch with those, you'll be able to race much better. Just like shooting. Or you, or you can put on. your three six or your, <laughs> your Xbox One on a uh, Star Tours chassis. And, <laughs> there you uh, go. That would be the ultimate race. There you game. go. There. Well, try it. Try it. Because yeah. you know, and try it on a track. Try it on a track that you already feel good about with mm-hmm. a car that you already know. Right. And just turn the damn thing off, and and go. Right. I, hope, I will report back to you uh, next week. It'll hopefully reduce a lot of driver tar pile ups too, because like I said, everybody else uses that same line too, and it just yeah. becomes a pain in the ass. Driver tars. So maybe you can do the same sort of coaching for me on Rogue Legacy. Oh, I'm ready to do that. Now playing... we're in my wheelhouse. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I finally got it, and I played it. Uh, so I played it some before last week's show, and then you, uh, of course, had to fly off to New York. And so I played yeah. it even more since then. Mm-hmm. And I get, I mean, it is super addictive. I get, it, I get that it's super addictive. My concern, even, and I've been through this concern once, and then I was like, okay, maybe now I get it. But now I have the concern back again. The concern is that I'm not good enough to play the game. And you came to that conclusion because, I mean, this is exactly what I was just saying about Forza, but go ahead. I came to that conclusion because, so the first round was I started playing the game and I didn't completely understand the way the systems were set up in the game Mm -hmm. because I hadn't unlocked everything yet. Like I hadn't unlocked the chick who gives you the, the, like basically skills, right? I mean, basically, what she does Ru- is you lets you buy and, skills, yeah. And then like, I just you know, you get the armor, and I was like, okay, I don't see exactly how this works. And then now, I'm, now, at first, I didn't understand that in the early on, I was really just supposed to go in and die a bunch, yes, and bring a bunch of money and bring money back, yes. and and buy things and and slowly start to get decent. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, glimmer of light. Now we're cool. I'm okay with that. But then I got to the point where I was going into the castle, and now now I've bought all the things that were easy to get. And I can't make enough gold ever to buy anything that's open to me anymore. Okay, so and so you 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 made the first paradigm shift, which is that d- death is leveling. That dying isn't a bad thing. Death is leveling up, right? And that sometimes you 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 just want to <clears throat> run in there and grab as much gold as you can and get a new descendant with different uh, 
features to go back in again. Well, I don't even care about the Descendant. What I really want to do is I want to get enough gold that I can buy a, an upgrade to my Heartline. Okay. Because yeah. because more health seems to be critical. Well, I'm but that's sure- gotten more. I can't bring back enough gold. I can't live long enough to bring back enough gold to upgrade that anymore. To buy anything? Not really, because no, I always spend always spend as much gold as you can, no matter what. Yeah, I know. The okay. problem is I can't really bring back enough gold anymore to reach the threshold for anything I can buy. I, I've I've run into that problem a few and times. And it's because I suck. Well, it's not because you suck. It's because it's because it throws a random dungeon at you every time, and sometimes you go into the dungeon and you're like, "Dude, room two is going to fucking kill me," and it does. And then you do it again, and it's like a new dungeon, and you might get another insanely hard room number two that kills you again, and you're going to go through three or four or five of those in a row, and it might be discouraging. And then you'll hit one where you're like, oh, wow, I just played for 20 minutes, and hmm. I brought back a crap ton of gold, and I unlocked one more thing, and then you're back into the loop of... Well, I sure could use also, another one of those right now, because at the moment, yeah. I, I played... like The other night, I was on for about half an hour, and the reason I stopped after only half an hour was I was like, wow, I just feel like I'm... There were multiple times where I just was like... Wow, great! I've got three hundred and seventy gold, which uh, you know a few times ago was a lot, and right. now I, I can't. Uh, oh, I have to give it up every time. Okay, so I've all all the gold I had, I've lost. So here's the yeah. th- here's the thing: in the early game, you want to zero in on which class of of descendant is going to give you the most survivability. And I found that paladin was almost always the best bet because you can block and use your magic points up by blocking. Well, also he he's he's he has more health points. And you, you probably haven't unlocked the, uh, what is it, the Spelunker, the one that gives you the most gold? No. Um, that sounds awesome. He, <laughs> he's really low survivability, but gold. So you want to start stacking gold runes so that you're, so basically. I don't okay. have any runes because I can't, get, the fairy chest challenges are so you want to sur- ridiculous. So you want to work on survivability. Mm-hmm. Survivability is yeah. your main, I'm your main you, goal right now. So I am with zero, you in, zero in on which class makes you last longest. And all you have to do is smack every single candelabra, yep. every single chair, yep. every, everything, yep. and kill, and av- literally avoid rooms that, when you walk into that room and you're like, these guys always give me a problem, these fucking eyeballs with their slow-moving red blood right. dot of pain are going to fuck me up, <laughs> fuck that room, I'll go to a different room, and you do as much of the castle as you can do, and get as much gold as you can do before you venture into the areas that are scary to you. Don't waste any time trying to do any platforming of jumping over spikes and stuff. Just kill as much stuff as you can, get as much gold as you can. Yeah, because honestly, like we were talking about earlier before the show, like the platforming rooms feel like Super Meat Boy to me. But you're going to get, you're going to be able to stack like sprint runes and things that let you jettison across. You're going to be able to get double, triple, quadruple jumps. And so you, well, I got double jump finally. I was like, "Oh, wow, okay, that was eye opening." But you're gonna what? You're gonna eventually get to the point where you have enough runes and enough uh, different armor types that you will go, "Okay, this run, I'm going in for gold." So I'm stacking my gold armor types and I'm stacking my gold runes and I'm just going in for gold. I'm not gonna try to beat the boss because my guy is a fucking wimp right now and all he does is get gold. And then I'm gonna do that and buy something and then I'm gonna respec my dude put on different armor, completely different armor, completely different runes, and go back in and try to uh, take down the boss. And and you're going to unlock the dude that lets you lock down the castle. So you find I got ex- him unlocked. Okay. So you never use him unless you want to take down the boss or you want to get to the second level past the, the castle, which you're not in the position to do yet. And you can equip him with all the runes and the right armors too, right? Or, or something. So is the second level after no. the castle... I don't there, think so. I've gotten to parts of like that look still castle like, but the colors palettes changed and stuff. And there it's were, all green and yeah, yeah. Don't go there yet. Yeah, you don't need to go you, there. They yet. Kill me really fast. That's it was where like the a, second boss. It was like lives. a wolf and yeah. like wolf. You don't need to be there yet. Don't even <laughs> yeah, go I figured there. That out. Once you go there, 
turn back. <laughs> There'll be higher, you get more gold in those places. And eventually I'm when sure. you're big and badass enough, you want to go there and you want to hang out mostly there. But for now, just keep going back into that castle, figure out which kind of attributes you want on your descendants. Cause you're always going to get a choice of three descendants. Right. So you're going to go, you know, I really like this kind of special attack. I really like that kind of thing. And I haven't really put much thought into those. I just kind of been winging it. Right. Well, that's, you want to be able to know exactly the kinds of guys you want. And then you're going to, but does the one you choose in any generation have anything to do with the next generation? No. So yeah, you can just kind of wing it. You just have fun. Well, but you're always going to get a choice of three. So you can usually pick the best one of those three. Yeah. That's what I'm saying by winging is I just pick the one. I look at the three. I'll be like, uh, yeah. Knockback. Yeah. That always messes me up. I don't want to do that. Right. You know, uh, exactly blurry or what you know, yeah yeah, yeah. I can't fucking, i'm not dealing with upsy yeah. downsy world right. like that was, oh that's, that's the worst that one. is so messed it's up impossible. <laughs> it's impossible it's impossible it is basically impossible i thought it would be fun yeah because i was like uh, and i'm like wait I, i'm on the ceiling i'm dancing <laughs> yeah. on the ceiling it's that that wasn't a good song i don't like <laughs> <No>. it <laughs> uh but yeah i mean it's all about it's all about decoupling yourself from this feeling of needing progression through the level it's not the level that you're progressing it's your lineage that you're progressing and and building up money and building up that that other i guess it's a called a castle too but it's your your it is, like your, your, your castle well right i mean th- th- i i actually think what they've done is incredibly ingenious it is that's they, why it's my game of the year the way they the way <laughs> they've taken you know the, so the castle piece is is the you know the analog to you know for instance the diablo skills and traits thing right and then the armor shop is is obviously you know that's just a basic equipment setup but then you with through the chick you're unlocking you're you're unlocking game mechanic pieces right you know, double jump triple jump like you were talking but about even dash more, moves you're you're unlocking the ability to make the enemies harder if you want oh, I haven't which you might want to do because they then drop more gold so you'll stack like Make the enemies super hard, make me super wimpy, and make my my armor give me more gold so that every time you get what used to be a 10 gold piece, you can get like 16, 18, 20 gold in just one piece. And then when, the, awesome. when the sacks of gold explode out of something, you start getting 200 gold for those instead of 100 gold. And all of a sudden you're I able to make more gold. tons more. I want to I have more runs where when I come back. I get to buy stuff and don't like go, wow, I thought I actually did okay, decent, but I've got all this gold and I can't spend on anything, so I have to lose it all. I know. It's yeah. very disheartening when that happens. Then he laughs but, at you. But make sure you you explore every avenue. Like even if there's a piece of, of armor or something that you don't really care about, sometimes it'll be – that's the smartest thing to buy right then because it's like, oh, oh, I would oh buy. there's a helmet. Well, anything I could buy, I might as well buy. Right. I mean, exactly. You, might, you can't take it with you. Right. Literally, you cannot take it with you. But then you can also <laughs> – but you can. You can get to the point where you can get a bargain with the with the, uh, with the the Grim Reaper so that he doesn't take all your gold. He only takes a percentage. What do you have to give? Oh, him? okay. You have to. Uh, what do you have to it's give? A, him? It's an unlockable thing. Yeah, it's okay. a, it, you unlock a, a deal with him so that he starts only taking a percentage. Well, that's cool. How long that's does cool. that take? Well, I mean, it's expensive, but you you know, it's it's so satisfying when you do it because you're like, I've been giving this guy all my gold every fucking time. Fuck the Grim Reaper, right? And I understand why you give up your gold every time because to not would completely break the progression of the game. Right. If you could just stack your gold, you could run in. You know, didn't matter how you died, didn't matter what you it would take it would take the competition out of it. Right. It would absolutely remove that wall. And I get that. So I'm not begrudging that, but boy, it is demoralizing when you have like I mean, there have been times where I've like, oh, I have five hundred and seventy gold 
and for 580 I could have bought. Oh it, my it, god, that happens all the yeah, time. It's yeah. demoralizing in that old school platformer kind of way, like the old school NES games, which which you know, well, I, that's, you're that's like, a good I, thing. I died and I only had to freaking smack one other one thing more to be able to One this. more fucking candle exactly, opera for yeah. 10 it, gold yeah. and I would have been But then you'll happy. get to the point where it's like, okay, I know the minimum I need to get when I run in, so I'm going to be super careful yeah. if I'm even close. And, you know, it, it, well, that's I guess the, the thing, the thing I need to do is, is just completely issue the, uh, the platforming parts. Because right. the thing is, I see the platforming parts and I'm like, oh, I'm, you're right. I get in the mentality of, oh, I'm supposed to get past this room. And I got to kill everything in it. Yeah, and but like, you don't have and to. And sometimes those rooms you are- You can just run. The platforming rooms are bastards. They'll Some be of like them. rooms with like spike-laden floors- only the platforms that you have to jump and down attack, and there's like a series of five of them that you'd have to hit in a row with like spiky balls flying through there at the same time to avoid. Right. So it's like, like old school Ninja Gaiden type of platform. Like, this is but, ridiculous. But then you get runes where you can stack your sprints and you can stack triple, quadruple jump, and all of a sudden you're able to just hop through there, no problem. And that is what is so fucking satisfying about this game is the sense of I am more powerful today than I was yesterday. I'm more powerful this minute than I was five minutes ago. And it is so tangible, and you really, that is why I love that game. Now, anybody listening to this is probably like, Jeff doesn't fucking like Dark Souls. What the hell's wrong? He's explaining <laughs> Dark Souls right now. Right. You are for some reason, explaining Dark Souls. I, I, I believe Danny's saying that right now. When <laughs> Probably. He goes but for, the, for some reason, the, the speed, the alacrity with which the combat and getting back in and being back right where I was, where I left off, that to me is so key in reducing the frustration level, and the fact that I'm hopping around and campfires, jumping. bro. Yeah, fuck campfires. Campfires, fuck bro. Fuck them right in there. Campfire well, but yeah, level. to your point, Thanks. Rogue Legacy is really successful in that I've gotten to many times where I'm like, okay, this is my last one. I'll be like, oh, I'll just do another one. Yeah. I'll just do another one. And it's so the restarting is so fast that yep. it's like almost like you're you're like, no thumb, don't press start. Oh well, I'm playing again. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. And it's two o'clock in the morning, and you're like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, I started the... playing at seven. Everybody's gone. A.M. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. I need to jump on this I game need, of the I, year. I, I need to stop waiting for the beta version to come out. See, here's the thing. Here's the, and I would say this to to because a lot of people when I said I was playing it are like, oh, well, I'm waiting for the Vita version. I would actually say, don't wait for the Vita version. Yeah, Christian was saying that last it's, week. It's far enough off that you'll probably want to play it well, again. A, yeah. it's far enough off, and B, the levels are intricate. Well, not intricate, but there's like a lot of detail. There's a lot of things you want to do in them. And I think that this is a game. I mean, while it would be good on the small screen, it is awesome on a bigger screen. Really I, I actually, actually, a lot of the stuff I'm looking at, I'm like, you know what? This would play on the Vita, but it's going to be much better on your monitor. I think it's going to be awesome on Vita, but I agree with what you're saying. And, and then you get to those points where it's like, okay, I'm only going in to do the secrets to, to unlock the, the the fairy challenges because it's like okay i have the perfect build for that fairy challenge like some of the fairy challenges are impossible unless you have a certain rune like the ones where you have to like not look at it or else it gets freaked out (laughs) so you have to be facing away from it and then use sprint backwards to get past it so that you know what i'm saying jesus christ it's so but it's so awesome and then you'd be like okay i'm sure i'm gonna get like something that'll make teleport because there's like there have been rooms i've walked into and there's like cells that have no way to get into them exactly and mm-hmm. i'm like i and want that like, stuff up yeah there. And it's like you gotta I want kill to go to there the, the level the rooms where it's like in order to get this fairy challenge you have to kill everything in this room and it's like but everything in this room is not reachable to me they're not even right. around yeah. The, yeah. it's like oh well i have to come back as the right kind of descendant that has the right kind of special power because the sickle can go through walls whereas none of the other ones can yeah i always like the scythe but aren't the uh the freaking like crawls thing what chakra or yeah the chakra yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's sitting on my so pc rad. right now I just it's got such it on this, a great this, game i got it in the steam winter sale so it I'm, is a good game i got i bought it on that sale i bought it on the same sale 
Well, okay, I'll keep playing it. I shall yes. keep playing it. I mean, and we'll report back soon. Yeah, you won't get a lot of because this weekend I'll be playing uh, mobile stuff because I'm going traveling. But oh yeah, nice. Right. Too bad you can't. I you know how I played most of of Rogue Legacy was on my trip to Australia. I brought my laptop and my Xbox 360 USB controller. Smart. And, and I sat on that what a 20 hour flight, 18 hour flight, whatever it was, playing Rogue Legacy constantly. <laughs> Nice. It was. Awesome. I think that I think that, that for really my cool. intensity level, sometimes it's good. Uh, one of the things I really like about it is that I can sit down after work and play like two runs, and then get up and go to the gym, and then get back from the gym and like you know make a protein shake and sit down and play a run or two, and then get up and make dinner, do something else, and then sit down and play a run or two. Like I. That's love, why it will be great for the Vita. I, I like it like that. I tended to be to be much more invested in in like a longer longer play session but i think that it it certainly works like that and i think that's why it's going to be great for mobile all right well we have one more play session left in this uh, weekend confirmed coming right up after the break more games to be played and discussed don't go anywhere we'll be right back happy holiday happy holiday may the calendar keep ringing happy holidays to you The winter winds of Christmas music blowing us into the holiday season. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. I love getting blown into the holiday season. <laughs> wow. I have, no, I have nothing to follow that with. You are, you are all, you, obviously you've been reading up on that Grand Theft Auto 5 DLC. It's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's going to be good. So as long as you're taking the floor, what have you been playing, dude? Uh, I've been playing a lot of, uh, I've been on Ubisoft Kick on PC. So okay. I'm, I'm replaying Black Flag because I, can't get enough of it and i wanted to see some of the next gen bells and whistles and uh blacklist so i kind of missed that when it first came out and we hardly talked about blacklist at all i didn't play it it's so tell it, me about blacklist actually i'm really curious blacklist is probably the best splinter cell game just gameplay wise in i don't know at least a couple of games Okay, that's because they went in a different direction with conviction, right? Yeah, I mean, well, the thing that makes the thing that makes this so good. um, First of all, I really like the way that they set it up. You're you're in sort of a uh, mobile command center, which is basically this huge flying plane. And so in between missions, you can walk around and talk to your crew and, you know, go visit different parts of the plane and stuff. And so that that's kind of neat. But but what really sort of makes me like it so much is the is the stealth the stealth portions of the games and the level design is such that whereas before you kind of felt like last couple games you felt like you had a couple of possible paths maybe maybe there was one that was telegraphed and one that wasn't this actually feels like the levels feel a lot more open it feels like there are legitimately you know you're making decisions about how you're gonna tackle each situation and how you know based on the way that the guys are laid out and their patrol patterns and stuff the ai seems pretty good um and, uh, you know, it, it is very conducive to, for the most part, with a couple of exceptions where it forces you into a certain gameplay style, it lets you 
you know, play completely stealthy, lets you play, you know, sort of balls to the wall action mode if you really want to go that way, which is, you know, relatively difficult given the the series legacy. It's not really designed that way, but and you sort of tailor and upgrade. There's a persistent upgrade path for Sam Fisher. So depending on how you're playing, you earn stuff to upgrade your command center, you you know, upgrade your gadgets and all your stuff. So if you're, you know, more of a lethal guy, you can, you know, get better guns or better lethal takedown stuff or or, you know, I'm I always play ghost or as close to ghost as I can. But it's the stealth in it is really, really good. Um I'm not sure that well, I'm not done with it, so I can't tell you ultimately how the plot resolves but it's a pretty pretty good you know tom clancy ish global conspiracy guys are you know basically you know uh, this group is targeting these focused attacks on america um and it's sort of predicated on this one guy that's leading the leading the bad guys is like look we want you to withdraw all your american troops from all these foreign countries and stuff and so there's it's kind of a neat little you know spy thing modern day spy thing but uh yeah if it's it's they're I guess stealth games are sort of making a resurgence lately. I mean, we'll have Thief coming out pretty soon, and we've seen a lot of 2D stealth Dude, that stuff. Thief, we, I, I'm surprised we didn't talk about that. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, the Thief Storytell yeah. story trailer. But anyway, keep going. Right. So so I th- I think it's sort of – it's a good it's a good callback to that. It had been a while since I played a third-person uh, stealth game that felt sort of as empowering as that game does were you a fan of sam fisher before i mean where did you fall in the splinter cell i've always i've always been a fan of this series i played through every game um you know so there were definitely ones that i that i liked more than others i guess double agent is one that sticks out in my mind not because i necessarily think it was the best game in the series but i loved the setup where you're home base is like you're sort of a spy so there are missions where you're like sneaking around inside your base trying to spy on the people that are there. And then there, you know, there's the whole, you know, there were a couple of decisions you could make that would determine like whether or not you were siding with the, the bad guys or the good guys or, you know, whatever, however those were defined in that game. But, but yeah, I mean, that, that was pretty cool. Um, this feels sort of like the most open, open of the games in quite a while. And but, one of the things I did like about it was that if shit did go down, like if you did get spotted, like it didn't just end your level. It just you just kind of had to improvise. Right, there. right. And this, yeah, this very much allows you. To, there, there are a couple of forced failure. Like if you get spotted here, you're gonna. Which was kind of the downside of the game. Yeah, it's gonna end. But there, those are sort of few and far between. A little, they're a little bit more, uh, you know, judiciously used. I guess it's not. It's not a every mission. You're like, oh, what's the fail state? Um, That's the struggle of a stealth game, right? Yeah. Is that is that you know, most of the time the operative is working in some sort of situation where were they discovered? Right. The the jig is up. Like that's yeah. it. You're you're screwed. And yet that as a play mechanic is really punitive. Yeah, to Assassin's the player. Creed does it too. It's not a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's yet, why I think Dishonored does it really well. I think Dishonored handled that really well because you've always felt like if you were discovered, there was always other options and you could sort of well, there was just enough supernatural mumbo jumbo stuff yeah, in there exactly. that you felt like, right. okay, it's reasonable that this guy could have just disappeared because they were, you know, the rank and file people were sort of thinking he was crazy, like yeah. you know, like like something supernatural. Anyway, it's not like the uh, terrorists are going to be like that guy but, hasn't been around for ten right, minutes. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. So that's the yeah. probably doesn't exist anymore. No, no. That's the problem in a real world setting, right? Is yeah. that is you're like, well, we just saw the dude right over here. <laughs> I'm like, I'll just go back to patrol. No big deal. Right. Nothing going on here. Yeah, he's probably he probably left. He probably went for ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> well, and 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 to be fair, this you know blacklist has some of that too, where yeah. it's like you know 
the alert states and how long they're patrolling for you. And eventually they'll sort of go back to the, well, I guess there's nothing here, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but I think it's, it's sort of akin to, you know, like starting positions, you'll come into an area and starting positions for enemy enemies will be the same. And they may have a handful of different paths that they mm. could walk. So it's not, you don't always feel like you're, rinsing and repeating the same exact move, enemy movements. It's not like you're memorizing enemy patterns. There's a lot more. I feel like I'm reacting to the game a lot more than I have in the past. Whereas, you know, earlier Splinter Cell games, you could get into a level and be like, okay, I died here. This is what I know I need to do. I need to sneak around here and go down this co- hallway or corridor. And then this guy will do this and whatever. In, in, in Blacklist, I feel like the levels themselves are big enough that some of that may be happening, but because it's really hard to approach the level with the exact same timing and the exact same everything every time, um, I feel like I'm in scenarios where I'm like, okay, this is where I came, la- and oh my god, there's a guy here now. He's going to see me, so I have to make some on the fly decision to either take him down or hide or whatever. It's 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 pretty good. Hmm. It's pretty good. I, I would say if you're a fan of the series or once were, it'd be worth checking out. You know what I. I, I on that stealth tip, just for a second. You know what I saw this week, and I, I really we, we didn't talk about whether or not we were going to talk about this stuff or not so i don't know whether he was expecting i would but ryan payton was down in la and he showed me the latest build of republic and i would still i will say this much about it they have succeeded at pulling off what they and what they wanted to and what they hinted at in the videos that they showed of the game so if that's exciting if that turned you on if the idea of of a one-touch tablet experience stealth game that got you excited they, they got it they nailed it they hit it and and it definitely feels like something that is really really well suited to tablet gameplay because you know you're interacting through sort of like the security chief role yeah. so you like or the hacker role and and this the smart character movement and and interaction in the world stuff so you know when you send her around through the world she's very very context sensitive intelligence Mm-hmm. And, it, and it works really well. Works really, really well. Surprising well. And, cool. and tinkering around with the security systems and stuff is surprisingly fun. And maybe because games like Watch Dogs have been along, you know, done a lot of promotion in the meantime, we've gotten a little more like, oh, that does sound kind of cool. Maybe mm-hmm. that helped influence it. But I was, I was like, yeah, cool. Do they, uh, do they have a sort of a target window they're looking for? Or are they still actively like? I would say, I, you know, I, I, we talked about that. So I'll, I'll just leave it at this: that they that while it's not set in stone. That they're at the finish line, so things, you should you should see okay. you should you should be able to get episode one anytime now. I'm not sure when it's going to be. I don't think they were completely sure when it's going to be, but and it, and it's going to be it's really good. It's going to be really good. I'm worried for them because I I think that my experience in mobile right now is that selling games, even if they're really good, is really 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 hard. Yeah, it's 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 a tough record. I mean, when a game like Oceanhorn comes out and faces a tough tough job making sales numbers right I and mean, as good as republic is it's going to be really challenging they're doing they're taking the telltale model so i do know that oh, taking, so it's episodic good. and you can buy like a pass at the beginning of the season and get like the whole thing for, for cheaper gotcha and i think that's smart and the damn the i mean the call the quality of the game in in a just in presentation alone is that's very encouraging it's, it's you know super high quality yeah. presentation Not, i think that's a really interesting idea of of manipulating the environment and having the characters behave on their own you know you manipulate the environment i think uh what's is there an indie game called the novelist or something that's kind of like just, oh, yeah, that out, just yeah. came out this week yeah, yeah. and yeah, um, tons of hype around that yeah. and i thought i thought tearaway was going to be like that at first um 
which is not, but uh, I've been really digging Tearaway, but um, I thought it was going to be more like, you know, you're this crazy person that lives in the sky and you just fuck with the environment and the, and little Tearaway dude has to deal with what you're doing, right. which it, it involves that, but you also are directly controlling him as well. But uh, I know you guys talked a lot about Tearaway last week, so you don't have to rehash that, but I really like it. But you agree with, you agree with the Spicer. I do. It, it's, uh, it, it's, it's really fun. It's very charming. The media molecule is just, they just have that charming world down uh, or, I mean, it's a different world than they've ever done, but, it, but they get that what makes things whimsical and fun. It's a happy game that makes you happy. It is a happy game that makes you happy. And as, as much as I know that I will never, ever do any of the real world paper crafting, I love that it's in the game. <laughs> I love the fact that there's this video game that's teaching me how to make something in the real world that I'll never do. <laughs> but I I like the fact that I could. <laughs> Having mad origami skills is, yeah, is pretty sweet. It's super cool. And uh, well, at some point in time, I plan to play it as well because I love Media Molecule stuff. So maybe we can come back to it then. Yeah, and, it's and, great. And it's you and really I can fun. have our, our you know newfound love thing or maybe christian can be here as well and yeah. he can just sit there and stroke his chin and go yes i told you so it's about <laughs> well, time i was you, i was playing it around. at the same time he was playing it just so you know i didn't start oh, playing because okay. christian told me to <laughs> oh okay don't get so good uh, don't get too uh, uppity there christian their recommendations wow <laughs> i'm just kidding green monster <laughs> yeah Jeez. he knows he knows i'm watching him i got my eyes on him you know He's got his eye on my chair. There's someone sitting at this table right now who no, has isn't. a PlayStation 4. And it has not. Yeah, we talked about this last it's night. sitting in a box. And it is what? still sitting in a box. And I think part of the reason for that is that just the Black Friday sales were just so overwhelming that I managed to get everything for that my. That is some bullshit for, right for there. For my 360, for my Wii U, for my 3DS. That for, is not for, what you said last for night. For my Vita. What did I say last night? You said it's because you're a freaking Batman fan and you had to play Batman. I did. I am a freaking Batman fan and had to play Batman, but I'm not that far into Batman just yet. Mm. I actually just got through the first uh, Deathstroke boss fight, and it's it's a lot of what you were saying, Jeff. It's more of Arkham City, and in that sense, I'm really liking it. I'm mm-hmm. actually. Uh, there's, there are certain parts where it looks a little bit rough, like in terms of like graphic fidelity that type of thing and in terms of like what it can handle like like once you, once i'm like grappling across a bridge and i run into a crime in progress there are about like 12 dudes on screen and you can kind of hear like 360 just kind of laboring just to like kind of just chug forward and by the time on the last two guys the game just crashes it just gives really? up just oh. gives up the ghost and just decides to have me start from scratch so in mm. that sense it kind of struggles a little bit but as far that would, as that I didn't would be that would be a little struggle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but being able to play the game is important. I didn't have any crashes. I had a bunch of uh, camera issues, but no, no. The uh, camera issues are there too. Crashes. I told you about my elevator, my Batman elevator. Yeah, yeah. going but, up, going up without Batman. I think it's the Bat Vader, <laughs> the Bat, the Bat Vader, or Bat Vader. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 in terms of, like, I am your father. I'm the god who was damn. killed yeah. in, in the street. <laughs> it's really complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. but, in, but in terms of like the combat and i don't know if this is because i this is because uh they got they got the combat better or if it's because i've just been playing these games for so long but i feel like i've actually improved with the free flow combat like i'm not dropping combos less i'm like pulling i'm like getting like 12 to 20 hit combos that i never used to get before so in that sense that like, sounds it, rewarding yeah it feels like it's gotten a lot better in that sense and you know i just hope that oh and the one addition that they did make, the CSI scenes, like where you're starting to investigate everything in de- detective mode, and you see Batman just kind of like, you know, rewind the crime scene in his head and just like kind of reenact it like in his head. Like that, that part is really cool, and I'm hoping to see more of that as I mm-hmm. kind of move along. 
But yeah, I'm hoping to have this wrapped up like within the next few weeks because there's also Blackgate that I got on a. Uh, on Black Friday, that I also hope to the get Ultima to. Seven expansion. Not, not that. <laughs> oh. Damn, that, there was a hell of a sale on that. <laughs> Which, by the way, as you're like delving into old stool stuff, yeah. if you're listening to this on Friday, you still have a very limited window to take advantage of this. You should get over to Good Old Games and get Fallout One, Two, and Tactics for free. Oh yeah, Ooh. for free, bomb. Yeah, and go, all part of Good Old Games' holiday uh, holiday sales that they're jumping into. But that's a hell of a deal to jump into. And keep in mind, like they're the the rights to that game are going to change at the end of the year, so they're going to lose the ability to sell it. But you'll have it on your shelf. So it goes with my. Elf. If you listen to this after Friday, it's probably too late because it looks like the countdown is just through Friday. But if you haven't gotten Fallout One and Two, are so they are good. good. I haven't yeah. played them anytime recently, and, so and I don't know how they hold cool up. About, well, cool in my about, memory, they're great. The cool thing about good old games is that they have, that they go through and test them, right, and get them working yeah. with modern equipment, so you can at least play them, right? That's kind of yeah. Because wasn't that some of the problem with the later Ultima games was that there was kind of, they were kind of almost unplayable, like the jumping mechanic in Ultima Eight, like that type of thing. Well, Ultima Eight was un- unplayable when it was released, and Ultima Nine is even worse. <laughs> Those two games, not great, not great. Stop, stop with Seven. Everything up to Seven is awesome. What was eight. the one? What was the one with the, the the first one where they were like full on behind the character? Eight. Eight is the first yeah. one where it's like, no, you don't get a party. It's just you. Yeah, and you have to jump for some reason. And it's like, what the fuck did you do, Richard Garriott? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted well, to do Ultima Seven. Did, did, didn't I don't didn't he not have a lot to do with eight? Wasn't that like all EA? Dude, he had to get uh, he had to get remember. into space, man. Well, this had, was a long time. To, and then nine was space. Ascension, which was it was so ahead of its time that it the technology just broke. It was a broken game, but it really it wanted to be it really wanted to be like an Elder Scrolls game before it could be. It was a full three D world that he tried to make, and it just it was terrible. I played yeah. through both of those games, by the way. Because I'm a diehard Ultima fan, and I just the whole time I was just like, "Why am I doing this?" I suddenly have the urge to go into Ultima Forever, which is what got released on iOS this year, which is like the follow-up yeah. to Ultima Four. Yeah, like, wah, I played wah. a little of that as well. How, how is it? It's uh, well, okay. It's, it, it's, Jeff's it's, a huge Ultima fl- fan, and he played a little of it. Yeah, so uh, it's, that, that's, that's, that kind of says. Everything. I will say this: it's impressive. What they managed to do on an iOS, uh, on an you know the like tap to move, the tap combat, all that, pretty pretty good. It's just, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it doesn't free. have that Ultima flavor. It's free. You can get it for free. That's right. That's yeah. so, it's, free does it's, not always make it worth it's your worth time. <laughs> That's the problem. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> worth the price. Speaking of iOS, mm-hmm. uh, the Room Two came out. Did you guys play the Room? I did not. Okay, The Room is an awesome, uh, it's a puzzle game, but the way that they have it set up is you're actually manipulating using pinch and swipe and all that sort of stuff, physical objects in the room. And it's so, it's typically the puzzles are a series of puzzle boxes and you're actually figuring out how to manipulate the levers and, you know, open them up and they're all sort of, you know, uh, sort of relate to each other. So you'll find a piece for one and the other and that sort of thing. Anyway, the sequel just came out today. It's fantastic looking. Um, it's a great like sit down and just sort of fiddle around. With, if, if you ever played with a real puzzle box before, or any sort of you know machination that's got little secret compartments or whatever, it's it's like really the thing Pinhead presents to people. Yes, yes, like <laughs> that thing. Except there's no demons inside. But Aww. but uh, well, as far as I know. <laughs> um, anyway, cool. that is awesome. Oh, and San Andreas came out on iOS today too. Ooh, oh, isn't really? that isn't that's like. More signs that we're in the future. San, <laughs> San Andreas on mobile, playing on, playable on iPad, and kind you can get it delivered from Amazon via drone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, 
and it was it was so, it was such a huge game when it came out back in PS2, and everyone was wondering like how could they fit that on a PS2 disc? And now we're at the point where we can fit it on a tablet, and it looks better on the tablet than it does. Kind of kind of phenomenal. Yeah. Jeff, you want to wrap up anything you other than Terra? We've been playing. What are you it's still? Have you, you still I haven't got off your Xbox One, have you? you st- I bet you have not turned on your PS4, have you? I have. I still want to finish Knack. I haven't done that, but I've been playing a lot. I've been still playing a lot of Forza, and uh, Dan and I are are working through D- uh, Dead Rising Three in co-op. So and how I'm are you still liking Dead blast Rising? Of, I'm having a blast with that game. Yeah. It is really fun. I mean, it's made for co-op. It's it works so much better, obviously, like everything else when you've got a friend hanging out with you, but. Um, I just I, I'm never not entertained by the new blueprint that I come across in that the, game. The weapons are amazing, and I game. really dig mm-hmm. the the combo vehicles. Yeah. Like the, yesterday, uh, Dan and I were playing, and he's like, "Oh, oh shit! There's a motorcycle parked next to a, a, a steamroller. I think I can make something out of this." And you make the <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, but it's got a funny name. Yeah, the steam cycle. I, yeah, the yeah, motor the roller, cycle something. roller, or something. But but we're and so. And I can hop on the back. We can ride together on the motorcycle that has a giant steamroller on the oh, front of it. Cool. And then he's like, he presses X and he's like, ooh, because it shoots flames out the front. <laughs> it's got two flamethrowers mounted on the front. So you're steamrolling. So and- it's like a mobile zombie barbecue steamroll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you're making a pressed zombie sandwich, barbecue sandwich. <laughs> it was probably Delicious. called OMG Zombie Barbecue is probably the name of the vehicle. <laughs> probably. OMG you Zombie gotta pre- You got to press your patty and then, you know, broil it. Uh, so I mean, it's just it's just that fun. Unfortunately, I wish it didn't get into the sort of Saints Row territory, oh, which it does. Which is like, where? How, what do you, how do you mean? Well, I combined. I, I, I think I know what you're talking about too. There's you find a massager, which is video game, you know, lingo for a dildo, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Uh, and you find that, and you can combine it with a uh, blow. Uh, was a yeah, leaf blower? Yeah, and uh, and then you have a device that shoots dildos at zombies. And impales them, and it's like okay, I get that this game's fun and silly, but we didn't need to go to Saints, full Saints Row territory. And a lot of the the story beats are like you go to a, a, a totally did not need that. Don't need it. And some of the story missions, you'll meet up with a dude, and he's like, "Help me out," uh, and you're like, "Okay, cool, I'll help you out." And he's like, "Do this for me," and you do that for me. He's like, "Okay, come back to my house." And we come back to his house, and you go to his house, and there's this chick in scantily, you know, scantily clad chick tied up. And he's like, okay, I'm going to kill this chick. Help me kill her. And, and you're like, no, I don't want I don't want to do that. And you can kill him instead of killing her. But either way, it was... There were a, dis- there were a dis- couple of those missions. It's distasteful to be a part of in any stretch. That is weird and stupidly twisted, and it seems... I mean, I realize you're telling it out of context, but it's just still... No, sound, it doesn't it have a context. completely destroyed. There's another That's mission horrible. where... There's another... I mean, these are spoilers, but whatever the fuck. I don't, they're terrible. They're so. horrible spoilers. Uh, <laughs> there's another mission where you meet this guy and you go back to, and he's a porn producer and he wants to make a porno starring zombies. Naturally. That's, that's what you want to do in the middle of a zombie so you have apocalypse. To, you have to he lure wants to zombies. Make a porno starring yeah. zombies. So you have to lure attractive zombies back to his Attractive house. zombies. Yeah. Judge's ruling. That's an awkward Terrible. one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So in all of that, it's like, please game, don't. Don't make me. You're I mean, right. I'm already having... now the Saints Row reference. Really, it feels like they were almost playing Saints Row. And like, oh, that's gotten popular. Let's drop some Saints Row style stuff in here. Yeah. Wow. And Saints Row, that's what you're you're getting yourself into. Here's that what is I, the game. Here's what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm glad I remembered to say this because here's what I was thinking when I was playing Dead Rising Three. I wish that the narrative of Dead Rising Three embraced the gameplay of Dead Rising Three. I wish that. Here's this game about I'm I'm literally running around with a 
knight's armor top, a moose head, and sweatpants and bare feet. Because you can wear whatever the fuck in Dead Rising. You, you, you want it to be like Saints Row in the sense that he's owning the world that he's in. And right. Not, and not just like Dead Rising 3 where you're just like trying to survive the world you're in. You well, know? so so I'm in these wacky things. I, I encounter blueprints for a crazy ass weapon. Mm. I make that weapon. I'm slaughtering zombies. I'm having a great time. And then I get to these story missions where it's where it's like trying to create some sort of narrative and... To the game's credit, in the cutscenes, you're still wearing your wacky ass costume, so that's kind of fun. Yeah, um, I kind of went through most of the game with a sort of bot helmet on my head, right? So. And I like that you know it doesn't pop you out of that for the cutscenes. But I wish uh, the game didn't <laughs> attempt to maintain some sort of straight narrative when it is clearly this dude narrative dissonance, bro. Right. Yeah. So what wouldn't it be cool is if if you did something and the game the the story part of the game is all about like. Holy crap! You made it. The guy's like, "Oh, you made a thing out of a that. Those two things. You right. combine those two things, and you made a that. That's crazy. Why don't you go use that to kill ten of those zombies?" And like the quests are embracing the over the top nature of the game. That would be that, cool. that actually would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good idea. Well done. Yeah, I have a good idea. Let's do finishing moves. Bro, okay. Finishing moves. All right, Ozzy, you're first because you were first to lock and load. All right, uh, two-parter for me. Uh, first of all, Spelunky. Really cool little old-school arcade throwback to, uh, to to those old-school arcades. I know, I'm just like all redundant now. <laughs> but you just go around caves, you collect gold, and then you try and survive, basically, because you're trying to kill bats, you're trying to kill snakes, and you're trying to survive traps while you're trying to get bonus idols, all that cool thing. This is definitely nothing new. This has been out for about six months now, but I'm just discovering it for the first time on PS3 and Vita, and I absolutely love it. And I also love how brutally hard the daily challenges are. So if you if you haven't picked that up, then it's on sale right now, I believe, on a PS Plus. For PS Plus members, I got it for about $349, so it's actually a really good you deal. You have made Nick Sutner's day. Yeah. And uh, the other part is uh, Capcom Cup is this weekend, so if you're a big fan of fighting games like Street Fighter Four. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Catch that on the stream. I believe it's going to be on the Capcom Fighters uh, Twitch stream. And uh, they're saving a block around noon uh, Pacific time for quote-unquote announcements. And I think that's going to be where we get the uh, the fifth Street Fighter, uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 character. So hmm. really stoked for that. So really, really quick. Uh, uh, I'm just going to throw out my picks for who's going to win uh, each one. Uh, Street Fighter 4, I think it's going to be uh, Shan from who won uh, EVO th- 2013 this year. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I think it's going to be Chris G, because his Mora Doom combinations just cannot be beat. It can be, but, you know, when he gives a shit. But when he stops—I mean, he can be beat when he stops giving a shit, but for the most part, when he's on, he's on. And then uh, Street Fighter Cross Tech, and I'm going Justin Wong. So, there you go. Predictions. Jeff Mattis. Uh, Yes, I'm going to do a little uh, shameless self-promotion here. Uh, So, I'm—I don't know. I'm putting together a VO— demo so i'm gonna start doing vo work excellent and uh uh anyway if get any, off my lawn yeah That's get our first one get off my lawn if you need to get in touch with me reach out via twitter at jeff mattis or at indie jeff mattis or i'm sorry indie jeff mattis at gmail sweet uh, either one um if and he's good you guys if you need a VO, yeah i don't just sound like this but this and if is you need somebody to play off him that already knows him i would I'd, i would work cheap. that is that would be really <laughs> fun so yes if you have a project that requires two jeffs reach out immediately yes. two jeffs voice services yes i get agent for you if you just need an agent 
I got yeah. to, I got two things to throw out there for you. Number one, uh, we didn't want to get into it because it's just sort of boring to talk about, and I and it's mostly filled with you know posturing and fanboyism. How about this? Let's just be excited for the fact that both of the new consoles have sold in excess of two million units awesome. off the bat. So that is great for the health of video gaming. Agreed. It is absolutely fantastic. Don't you? Don't you? I'm sorry. I know this is your finishing move, but no, go ahead. Don't, don't you think that that's? I was thinking about that, and it's amazing, especially when you consider how long it took the PS3 yep. and the 360 to get to those numbers. Uh, I I think it's a combination of pent up desire for a new console. We Agreed. were more than due. Everybody is really really excited. Uh, and um, oh god, I had two other things in my head of, of what it is, but I just think it's so great, it, and it shows all these people are saying you know doom and gloom for because because mobile is where where it's at. Yep. I I just think it it bodes so well, and I think we're going to get better games sooner. Because there's Absolutely. a higher install base already, it, it's only good stuff for, for that, gamers. That was there. There's the first part of my finishing move. Sorry. That's exactly yeah, you read my mind. I just got excited about that. I, yeah, I got excited about it too, and so I, you know, it, and that's why I didn't want to belabor the point because there was a lot of posturing back and forth. You know what? Both those sides they have their posturing to do because they're selling their units. But for as a gamer, I am so stoked about the about the about the message that we've sent back to the people who make these machines of yeah we were dying for next gen consoles and yeah we are mm. really freaking excited about this stuff so make us some awesome games please now give us watchdogs yeah <laughs> yeah and then also uh, this weekend if you are uh, the owner of a nintendo 3ds it's a uh, national street pass weekend and it's the year of luigi <laughs> This came from uh, our friends over at Nintendo World Report, but basically what Nintendo is doing is they're going to be shuffling their Nintendo Zone state uh, uh, data. So if you go someplace over the weekend shopping, which a lot of people do. Mostly uh, a Starbucks or a Best Buy or like one of those places. Exactly. You can be around a Starbucks or a Best Buy. Take Make sure your 3DS is charged up. Have it in Street Pass mode. And if you've been looking for states that you haven't gotten filled in, because, you know, keep in mind, if you go to Japan, you get on the train and you get hundreds and hundreds of Street Passes. But it's not quite as commonplace here, which is why they set up this system. Well, now doing this uh, doing this shuffling system, you'll be able to get a lot of cool new people into your, into your Street Pass system. Yay. I think Street Pass is kind of, it's kind of a fun distraction. Look, I mean, the pay games, they get sort of old sort of fast but the whole idea the whole idea of street passing i thought was kind of cool and clever and it's a cool part of the system so and the things that they've been doing with the street pass for the first party games like zelda have been really cool like exactly jeff canada you to bring it home board games uh tis the season to meet with friends and family nothing better than sitting around playing a board game i think over the next few episodes i'm going to talk a little more about board games because it's the season for the best uh, best thing to do with your friends. Uh, one quick one I noticed on uh, on the Kickstarter right now. There is a really simple, fun, cheap Kickstarter going up. Uh, my friends at uh, Tasty Minstrel Games have a game called Coin Age, and the such a clever freaking game. It is a game that's meant to. It, it, you'll get it. It'll be credit card size. It'll fit in your wallet and plays with the coins in your pocket. But it's a really deep strategy game. It's an area control game. You have this little map that you pull out of your pocket and then you play with a certain amount of coins and you shake the coins in your hand, slap them on the table. And depending on if they're heads or tails, you can play them in certain ways onto the card Hmm. and get certain lands and move your armies. Really clever. And it's a pay what you can Kickstarter, which means as long as you donate $3 or more, you're getting a copy. They, They suggest $5. Pretty freaking awesome, and that's free shipping. I think anywhere in the world, I believe. Uh, 
that's pretty great. Those guys are awesome. They make great games, and this is a really cool. Like you'll you'll literally never be without something to do. If if your friends are waiting around needed something to do in line or something, you got this thing in your pocket. And it's a right. really deep, interesting strategy game. How cool is that? What's the name of it again? Coin Age. Coin Age. Yeah. Awesome. Designed by wait for it, wait for it. Uh Adam McIvers. No, Adam McIver, excuse me. He can make anything. MacGyver. It's no wonder it's so clever. MacGyver directed uh directed it. I can't. I got to stop. We got to stop. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Hope you're having a great run into the holidays. And by the way, if you are uh, intrigued at all by Jeff's comment about The Room 2, The Room is free right now on iOS. Oh, it is. Yeah. Don't so, even hes- hesitate. So you shouldn't hesitate. Yeah. I mean, you should go ahead and, and try it because it's just sitting there for free. So you can go ahead and give that a try for free. Thanks again to uh, our fine friends here at the Atlantis Group Studio. Jamie and the... Uh, in the booth today, taking care of us, making sure we mix and sound great and fantastic. Del Rio back there doing the production work. We have the tailgate coming up as we are into the uh, stretch run. I continue to fade, but hey, look, you know I what? Am, I, I picked my it. Cowboys. I picked my Cowboys because I, I love them. I picked your fucking Cowboys, too. Well, I <laughs> wouldn't have picked them if I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind of hurting here, Garnet. All right, let's do it. Let's get into that. All right, so thanks very much. That's your weekend confirmed. We have the big holiday show coming up. And if you are a game developer, we still have oh, time for you good. to get in your holiday greeting. We've only had a couple of three people. Got, got some really cool surprises. We have some cool surprises. Still plenty of room. The mic is yours if you would like it. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week. That's if your weekend confirmed. If, it's, if, it's, if you don't want to listen to Tailgate, wake up! Oh, uh, yeah, wake up. <laughs> and we are Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Trippin' on the
podcast is brought to you by doghouse systems elite gaming pcs engineered by gamers and for gamers use code tgif to get a free weekend confirmed t-shirt and a 30 dollars credit for slash loot.com go to www.doghousesystems.com to see what system is right for you tailgate time brought to you by the press row podcast on operation spores with host uh rich I who would, invited him uh, to do. this who invited him he's just he's schooling all of us with his picks yeah and last go, last week kind of hurt last week. and i went zero and three last week i went one I, I i'm, I'm so one out of it at this point it's not even i'm just gonna be jeff you are at 20 20 and two you are not out I, of it completely. i have the same record as andrea also at 20 20 and two i have fallen after my zero and three to 23 17 and two my my, my record is Good in retrospect. I think Del, 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 Del Rio has caught all Dave, of us. Dave's passed us. He's at 24, 17, and 1. Ozzy, you're at 24, 16, and 2. And Rich is out front at 26, 13, and 3. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Mother, father. I, I, I believe that means Rich gets to pick first. That means Rich is picking first. <laughs> so as you will about to hear, this week's games are the Patriots at Miami, the Bengals at the Steelers, and Baltimore at the Lions. Take it away, Rich. Hello again, Confirmers. Rich Grisham here. And yes, I am very excited because I am somehow, someway in first place in our Pick'em League. I can't believe it. And of course, that means there's only one way to go. Um, so let's see if I can't somehow manage to hang on to that lead. All right, up first, you got the Patriots traveling to Miami. The Patriots are two and a half point favorites. Even without Gronk, I love them in this game. Up next, you got the Bengals three point favorites traveling to Pittsburgh in a big AFC North game. I'm going with the Bengals. I think the Steelers will not recover from that brutal loss last week. And then lastly, you have the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Detroit. The Lions are six-point favorites in this one. I think the Lions are licking their wounds from their tough loss to my Eagles last week, and they are going to win. I like the Lions uh, and their six points. Uh, they got to win by six, but I think they're going to do it. So as always, thank you so much, Garnett, and everybody. We can confirm this is Rich Grisham from the Press Row Podcast brought to you by Operation Sports. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. Oh, well done, Rich. Yeah. Like, he just basically made it almost impossible to pick against him this week. I, well, I'm, I'm gonna. Are you? Because okay. I got nothing to lose. Well, that's, right. <laughs> that's yeah. the attitude. I mean, and I, and I, and sort of, I mean, look, we still have three more weeks. So the game's not over yet, but we are going to be on holiday break. It's so just it's gonna be beginning. Tough. It's actually going to be tough to figure out how we do this because we're on holiday break. I know. He may have won. He may have moved into first at just the right moment. Yes. Well, well you know what? We will, you know what? Bullshit. We'll keep going through the playoffs. <laughs> Playoffs. We, we always do anyway. We always, playoffs? we always pick the playoffs anyway. We always pick we the play, We always pick all this anyway. So it's not over yet. 
it's not it's over. A, it's like it's like it's like being the champion of the regular season in the NBA. It means nothing. Exactly. So <laughs> true. New uh, England. Wait, I, yes? before we get to the picks, before we get I to know the picks. we are already in the picks, but I haven't had any chance to talk to Dave. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Dave, Here we about go. holding Thanks. serve at home, a motherfucker. <laughs> okay. No, I understand. I understand he's going to talk about hey, they, they, margin uh, of victory in second. Seattle versus margin of victory in San Jeff. Francisco. I don't care about covering the spread, Garnet. Because I have I had San Francisco. On I don't pick. care about it. And I went I went zero and three. We won the game. Yeah. What? What? So what happened there? You know what? It's not called a spread board. It's called a scoreboard, and it's about the winner. So uh, you're not worried about. Why that. do we play, Garnet? Why do we play? We play to win the game. So uh, you're not worried about the Cardinals at all, like climbing up there? No. No. I'm I'm worried about being getting the fifth seed. Uh, from the from the Panthers is what I'm worried about. Fifth seed. Want that fifth seed. Fifth seed. <laughs> he said <laughs> I doesn't even know. Okay, Dave's just trolling you now. Well, he is sort of trolling you a little bit. We beat you in our house. <laughs> I we won. I don't care. We won. I just needed to say that because I get so so rarely can I gloat this well, season. I'm so envious of people who have teams that are at least playing hard because watching the Keystone Cops that the Cowboys defense has become is really really demoralizing yeah as a fan and this is as a fan who look i've been a lifetime fan i was a fan in 89 for one in 15 and, and every houston oiler fan in the state was rubbing my nose in it but it was fine because although that steve palour lead team was not good <laughs> it, that's an understatement at one in 15 <laughs> they at least looked like they went out there and tried really hard this defense is phenomenally bad yeah historically I mean, bad it is it, they are about to set a record for being so bad but when 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 you have a team like the bears not bears there was one time there was one there was one play it was a third and goal and mccown they covered everybody and mccown rushes up the middle and it was from like the nine yard line and someone in the middle of our defense and it was either the middle linebacker or free safety is at about the two yard line Facing him down. So Josh McCown's running at you, and you've got a relatively stout defender right in his way before the goal line. And he was so utterly humiliated, I felt bad for him. I mean, McCown is, I mean, look, McCown is not Robert Griffin the third or something. Right. He did like at best a little shimmy. And this dude just like starts to jump forward, but then stumbles a little bit and basically falls on his face at the five and McCown goes around him into the end zone. And I just sat there just dumbfounded. Like you couldn't stop this guy who's not a running quarterback and you have him dead to rights. You couldn't even just slow. You couldn't get in his way long enough to slow him down. So you could get help. You completely screw up and fall flat on your face in the middle of the you know five yard line, I think you can probably get fired for that. <laughs> <laughs> and if I hear one more thing about Monty Kiffin, I'm gonna just explode. I would like to say though, week 14, this past week in the NFL, one of the most entertaining weeks of football ever, and most not just because most touchdowns beat, most touchdown score, worst team ever, most touchdown score in the history of the NFL. That that crazy snow game. Unbelievable. It was one, one of, of the, the most entertaining things I have ever seen. It was a really seen. cool game to watch. It, and the Eagles comeback was amazing. Unbelievable. And like and and uh just watching the amount of snow that they played. It looked like a a, a schoolyard game. It was just Agreed. so much fun. Agreed. And the Baltimore game and the freaking 
How well, how close was Pittsburgh to making to making that really that really great comeback at the end? Unbelievable! Patton stepped out of bounds. We get the longest field goal in the history of humankind. We get uh, that, that's crazy, insane. Yeah. I thought that was one which, of those which, records that would never fall. Which people you know? are trying to shit on it because it's Denver, but at the same time, it's sub zero temperature. You're kicking yeah, a ball. He kicked that's a, rock. Like a rock. He yeah. kicked a rock sixty four fucking yards. It was yeah. it, it was just like game after game after game was magical and awesome. And it's like. Uh, this is why I, I love football. It was a great weekend to watch football, and yeah. it, it was really disappointing the defensive performance my Cowboys put on. And the, and, you know, the thing is, uh, and because I love Cowboys, I'm going to talk about them for a minute. Romo's playing a great season. He's playing a great season. He has like 20 some odd touchdowns against seven interceptions, and he's standing back there at times. It was so telling that more than once Chicago showed that like very simple, you ran it in high school double barrel blitz yeah. where both the linebackers step up into the gaps. And both times they showed it with the camera from behind, the the, the guards just ignored those. They just ran straight through. Mm-hmm. Someone was like, oh, well, that fourth down play, Romo just threw it into the ground at his feet. Of course he did. There was a 280-pound dude running out. There was nothing he could do. There's nothing. If, if the blitz, look, Romo can scramble. If there's someone coming at him from the outside, he can ad lib. If there's a guy jailbreak right up the middle, right up the gut when the ball comes, what, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do. There's nowhere to go. Yeah, There's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And, and it, with that said, you, you can already see that it's going to come down to the final winner-take-all oh. game against the Eagles, and it's going to end the same way it has like for three of the last four years with Romo throwing the back-breaking interception. It's like well, Groundhog Day that. for the poor guy. I, I do. I, I I I struggle because I always want my team to win, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? If we just lose to the Packers, then it's over. We well, lose, well, I don't think we're going to lose the skins. No, no, since no, they, ro- no Rogers. Well, it's not set yet. He was practicing. No, he took they, some snaps with the first team. Well. He took some snaps with his first team on Thursday. So it's possible he could play. And with who knows what the Redskins are going to be with them shutting down RG3. The Redskins are a mess. They are now a yeah. complete mess. Unbelievable. Which really hurts my fantasy teams because one of my good teams had had Reed and I'm like, okay, well, I, I have no idea. And another one, uh, um, oh, anyway, Garcon. And like, are those guys going to be players anymore? Can Cousins get him the ball? Who's Cousins going to throw it to? Yeah, it's not even. Fuck if I know. All right, let's do these games. New right. England. Going into Miami, this used to be a big rivalry. Miami, Miami's actually enjoying Miami's quietly still, enjoying a fairly good season. They're still in the playoff hunt, right? They're in the hunt. Yeah, they've had true. a good season. They're playing pretty well, and they are at home. New England also having lost Gronk again. I know, poor, poor guy. guy. I got you. Feel so bad for that dude. Both sides. That sh- ACL, the shot ACL of that. Oh, oh it's terrible. Go in the wrong direction. Do you, do, do, don't even look at it. Oh, it's awful. Don't even look at it. So, what say you, folks, on uh, New England minus two and a half at Miami? Uh, I don't trust Pats without Gronk, and I think Miami's really? actually—I think Miami's actually really good. So, I'm going to go Miami. Wow, I'm going to go Miami as well, but only because I thought nobody else was going that direction. Uh, I'm—I feel like uh, Belichick will plug some other dude in there, and it'll be—it doesn't really matter. But but I also think Miami's good, and they and they're playing for something. So I'm picking Miami. I think it's a legit pick, and especially because I get points. I'm I'm following you on Miami for for well, one big reason is because of these three tilts. It's the only one I can really see going against Rich on, and yeah. I need to gain a little ground on him. And this is the only one I can really. We're see either going to catch him. up to him, or he's going to pull away again. Yeah, so that's really the only one. And I think and I think it's a reasonable pick. You know, the 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 Miami two headed monster backfield is okay. You know, if they can get Mike Wallace going, they have a potential to score some points. They're at home. It's a travel game for New England. There's a good, I think there's a reasonable possibility here for Miami to take advantage of this and take this game home. Cool. Mattis, are you playing with us today? Sure. Chowda. 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 
And then uh, from the uh, Dol- offices there in the talking booth. talking about dolphin, dolphin Florida Yeah, chowder. dolphin chowder. Yeah, that's <laughs> delicious. the best Florida kind. Florida dolphin chowder. Mmm, chunky style. <laughs> Dave is going with. Wow, it's a f- freaking Miami. And Jamie? It's a triumvirate of Miamis. Well, now from I want to be Andrea from Andrea. Well, this is how Rich gets ahead of Rich. This. So like later, dudes. Rich and Jeff are like, Suckers. see you later. <laughs> All right. Uh, in the next game, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals minus three at the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, uh, Oz, you're still in that second place. You're yeah, gonna have to go I, first. Yeah, I want to go against Rich, but I can't. Like my, I, I think uh, Pittsburgh's done. done. So I'm going Cincinnati. Could not agree more. Pittsburgh is so done. Why? Why do you think they're so done? Give me a good. Give me that, a reason you think they're so done. Backbreaking loss. Those guys. It's just been like one thing after another this season. It has. I mean, it's been a little tough. I don't. I, and Cincinnati's the running game. Team. The running game looks good again, though. Re- reasonably decent. Brown is having a freaking phenomenal season. Emmanuel Sanders comes out of nowhere last week to be successful, although they were playing catch up and you know hurling the ball around. Yeah, you're not buying any of it. Not buying, you're not any, buying any of it. All right, I'm not buying any of it. <laughs> no, I think everybody at the Steelers. Bengals. Bengals are too yeah. much for the Steelers team right now. I agree, and I think defensively, the Bengals team is too much for them. I think you know they get ahead yeah. and then they just sort of law firm it and take mm-hmm. it home. What do you guys think? And Jeff's got the same thing. Yeah. Yep. What do you guys? What did Andrea go with? And what do you have, Dave? And Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. So everybody on Cincinnati. But it means that line Aww. is wrong. Somebody needs to. Yeah. We need. We need Leahy point. here. Leahy would be back in his Steelers. I'm he sorry, would. Brian. Man, that's <laughs> right there to bring the argument. And then even... finally, we have uh, Baltimore plus six. The Ravens plus. The Ravens are surprising. Six. These are the guys that are going to sneak the into Lions. the. They're going to sneak into the playoffs. They're in and, the six seed right now and be disruptive. And they're the Super Bowl champs. Nope, not going to happen. Really. You're going to be able to measure their rushing total for this next week <laughs> with a ruler. You don't even need it's a, a game of inches, Garnet. And it's going to be a game of inches. <laughs> it will literally. You're be. not even going to need a yardstick. They're going to be like done. So they may throw the ball around quite a bit, you know. And and look, getting Pitta back huge for them. Yeah, I think Pitta will see a. Tr- I mean, obviously that's like Flacco's comfort guy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Pitta may see. 12, 14 catches this week. <laughs> Who knows? But I don't think you win a game with Flacco to Pitta. And I don't think you win a game against these Lions with Flacco to Pitta. And, you know, Rice hasn't proven his ability to get going at all. I just think that and the Lions defense is going to be there and they're going to be really angry. I agree with I agree with Rich's assessment that they'll be licking their chops. This is a this is a Lions game and by and by more than six. Yeah, I don't trust uh, the Lions because last time I picked the Lions, they got blowed out. So yeah, it's not going to happen okay. again. So, so you're uh, going Ravens? And, yeah, I think the Ravens are getting hot at the right time. So All right. I agree. I'm taking the Ravens as well, and I will welcome the six points because I think it's close either way. That, I'm, I'm also on that boat. Um, yeah, the six, the spread is what kind of pushed me over. I think you're right about who's the stronger team, though. Hmm. All right, what do we have from uh, Andrea and Dave and the rest of the group and Jamie? Andrea went Detroit. You're going Detroit. Hmm. Can I change my pick still? <laughs> Jamie, what are you? What's the? She's going with the Ravens. All right. Well, there you go. We're getting ready to head into the holiday season. So it's going to be interesting. Next week, we'll be able to still do our show because we have a regular recording next week. But then we also have the two holiday shows we're recording next week as well. Yeah. So we'll miss like the last two weeks of the season. We'll just have to look it up. We'll look it up and we'll make picks in advance. We'll be we'll, way we'll, in advance. That yeah. Part of it? yeah. We could Why do not? that. We could do that. We'll, we'll, we could we'll, do that. We'll we'll post it on fa- we'll Why post not? it on our Facebook page or something or on Twitter or whatever. No, I think we should just man up and just make just wild do ass. Do them straight up based on last week's <laughs> epic loss. <laughs> yeah. Use your use your crystal balls. We should bring we could bring Nicole in. Yeah, we'll we'll do, do, there we'll you go. Do, it'll be a room full of Nicoles. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, everybody, we'll talk to you next week. Hope you have a great weekend.